welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 18. It is Sunday, the weekend of Sunday, May 8th, which is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, you are listening to nationally ranked sports card podcast. That's right, guys. We are nationally ranked, and we're climbing up the charts. We're 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 climbing with a bullet, Drew. Climbing <laughs> with a bullet. <laughs> My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of the program, talking to you from where Boston, Massachusetts. It's getting to be springtime here. Ooh, it's not cold today. I can't believe it. And joining me is my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew, welcome. Good to be here as always. And uh, it hasn't been cold here in a while, unfortunately. It's uh, Oh, sure. Rub it in, rub the... it in. Well, I'm heading down to Atlanta this weekend where it's been in the 80s. So I'm really looking in, yeah. forward to it. It's been in the 80s here, too. I will gladly trade a couple of those cold days down here because I, I, I definitely prefer that. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's been cold and rainy all spring. I think the sun came out yesterday for the first time. It seems like forever. I'm not going to complain about the weather, though, because I did have a good time in Florida. But since I've been back from Florida, boy, has it been crappy here. Uh, so I am so happy that spring is finally here. We got Mother's Day, all sorts of cool stuff. But Drew, why don't you let people know where they can find you online and uh, YouTube? Of course, yeah. If you just go on uh, YouTube and look up Drew's autographs or go to YouTube.com slash Drew Pelto. Or if you just want one convenient place to go and get to everything that I do, just go to dfwgrapher.com. It's got links to my Instagram, to my YouTube, to uh, Twitter, everything on there. It tells about all the autograph projects I'm doing. Go check it out, dfwgrapher.com. Guys, follow Drew online because no doubt, no joke, at least once a week, he posts something that just cracks me up. I see it and I just start laughing. (laughs) He always has something entertaining. So follow Drew online. I'm also online everywhere with TTM Cast on Instagram and I'm on Cast TTM at Twitter. And we're starting to play around with, with uh, TikTok and, and some YouTube. We're going to get some videos going. That's kind of my, my plan for the summer. So we've got all sorts of fun stuff. We're always posting on, on um, social media. So follow us. But Drew, where where's our number one place? Where do, what do we what do we love? What, what's right number one in our heart is what our radio show. Exactly, Sports Map Radio is the place. If you've got an affiliate in your town, tune in through there. If you don't, just look up uh, Sports Map Radio. You can grab their app in any app store, whether it's through Apple or through uh, Android or whatever you happen to use. You can, we're uh, Sports Collectors Club is the name of our show. You can check that out Sunday mornings, seven Eastern. Also replayed at ten Eastern, both in the morning. And if you miss an episode or if you want to check out some of our back episodes, go and check out sportscollectorsclub.com. You can find everything right there as well. Right. And guys, TTM cast is number one in our hearts. Don't, oh, yeah. don't, don't let, <laughs> well, we're not going to fool you on it. We do love our radio show, but we love TTM cast because we get to take off the, the blinders. We get to take off our, our shackles and we get to just 
talk and bullshit and talk about collecting and and we love our listeners and guys we're so happy with the if you're a new listener we've had been bringing on new listeners like crazy lately you want to uh thank our friends at sports collectors daily for you know, my articles there, driving people to the show. Uh, you guys have been great and we really appreciate the guys that have been with us for a long time and all the new listeners. So we appreciate our listeners and guys, TTM cast is our, is number one in our hat, right? Right. Drew. Exactly. I mean, we don't have any time limits to have to worry about here. We don't have to worry about the FCC getting on us at any point. We're good <laughs> That's with right. this. We can this say definitely... the F word, but we won't because we're kind of right. we're kind of PG rated here. Well, we'll we keep we, it classy. We know, we, have, we know we have kids out there, so don't worry. We, you won't you won't hear the F word unless we start talking about Vita Blue. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to limit that here coming up. That coming up, guys. This I want to. This is we hit a milestone uh, this week. This is our 150th episode. I started this uh, podcast back in January of 2019, and this is our 150th episode. Which I I didn't think I'd make 10 episodes, let alone 150. So I just want to thank everyone, and I want to especially thank Drew, who is uh, just put a lot of energy and life into the program. And I think the the program is uh, a thousand times better than it was uh, last year before Drew. Drew came aboard, so thank you, Drew. And uh, we are, you know, we're 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 shooting for another 150 more. And as long as you guys keep listening and downloading, we'll, Drew and I will keep on doing it and, until our wives say stop. <laughs> exactly. And the great thing, I mean, my wife's usually like, "Hey, whatever, you enjoy it, and it's not like drugs or something like that." So keep on going at it there. So and it's, and we have fun. We have fun doing it. I hope you 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 see that we have fun doing it. Well, guys, I have a big week going uh, coming up. Uh, for me this weekend so we're actually recording this on friday night i'm going to post this on friday so it's going to be posting on the 6th so we're getting a couple day jump on it my daughter is graduating from emory university in atlanta so heading out down to atlanta first thing in the morning so i will be kind of out of the loop so to speak enjoying my daughter graduating from emory and both my kids will be out of college my daughter's actually going to be going to uh umass in amherst and they're um their, uh, I don't know, master's program for, for fine arts. And she's going to be teaching classes there and taking taking classes. And she's going to be closer to home, which my wife is very happy about. And speaking of my wife, uh, we had our 35th wedding anniversary yesterday. And Drew, how did I spend my wedding anniversary yesterday? Recording a radio show. Recording a radio <laughs> show. <laughs> I thought she was going to kill me, but... Yep. All's good. We had a nice romantic dinner at home because we're all getting ready to, to travel. So happy anniversary, Paula. Uh, and also Mother's Day. Uh, hopefully uh, your mom's still with us, Drew. If she's not, I'm sorry. But I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to, to all our moms out there. My mom and, and my wife is a mom, obviously. And Drew, your mom and, uh, you know, all the moms in our lives. So happy Mother's Day this weekend. Unfortunately, we are fortunately or unfortunately, we're going to be in a graduation. My daughter's graduating on Sunday. So this is going to be the second Mother's Day that my my wife has spent at a college graduation, if you can believe it. <laughs> These schools just don't understand. She's not too happy about having to get, share her day, her day, Mother's Day with, with, with her daughter. But we uh, we understand. So we're, we're looking forward to that on the collecting front. I picked up a couple of uh, Bowman blaster boxes at uh, Walmart the other day. We hit the the restock, which was unbelievable. My wife was was there, and she called me up. She was, they got the, uh, all the the cases are right here. They're, they're they're unloading all the cards right now. What do you need? So Walmart still, you can only get two two things. So we went down 
she got two boxes, uh, two blaster boxes for me. And she, she was the best. She came home and said, come on, let's go down to Walmart. We'll get two more. So we went, to, we went down there and they had about eight or 10 left. And I picked up two more. So I got four blaster boxes. I opened two of them uh, today and I got uh, two uh, Wanda Franco rookie cards, which was nice. kind of cool. And I, I, I love the, the Bowman because there's all sorts of first Bowmans in there. I got Marcelo uh, Meyer, uh, Chrome card. I got a lot of nice cards. They, they're, uh, well, if you can get the blaster boxes, they're affordable. Only $31 for a blaster box. Uh, you know, the hobby boxes, and we'll talk about that later, but the hobby boxes are going for like $350 and jumbo boxes like $750. So if you can get a blaster box for $31, do it because the cards are really cool. We'll talk a little about that later. But Drew, you had a, a fun experience with, with, with a guy that I actually liked when he, when he was pitching, <laughs> Mr. Vita oh, Blue. Oh, I liked him up until very recently now. <laughs> so, uh, so unfortunately, the problem that I've got right now is that with all the autograph projects that I'm doing, Vita Blue is the guy who is in all of them several times over. He is in, he's got what, at least two three, four, maybe five appearances in the 72 top set. He's got his regular card. He's got an inaction card. <coughs> Excuse me. He's on a couple of those league leader cards. I'm doing those 03 to 05 uh, tops all-time fan favorite sets. He's in all three of those. So you're looking at seven right now. He's got a Diamond Kings card. So we're up to eight right there. So that's a lot of uh, Vita Blue autographs I'm going to need in my collection. Now, I mailed him once a few years ago. I think it was I did three cards and $30 and got them all back signed very quickly. Very happy with those. Like, all right, cool. Well, I'll hold off, see if I can, you know, trade so, trade for some or something like that as well. I was able to trade for one for the Diamond Kings set. And so I was left with, I think I've got like four left that I still need to get. So that's the three all-time fan favorites cards and the regular 72 base card. So back in August of 2021, got those four cards, got 40 bucks, wrote out a short letter as I do, put in my envelope, sent it all off, and I never saw anything back. I'm thinking, okay, that's weird. I mean, this guy has always been a very good signer by mail and everything. And looking on sportscollectors.net, a lot of people who sent in August there never got theirs back. It's like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then stuff starts coming back again months, uh, like a month after that. Anything sent in uh, September, October, November was just fine. So I figure, all right, well, I don't really have money to put in, you know, another 40 bucks on this. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to try writing out a letter here then and, you know, just explain, look, I mailed off money. I never got anything back at all. Could you, would you be willing to help out somebody who's in this just as a collector? I mean, here's my website. Go and check it out. You can see all the stuff that I keep in my collection there. I'm not out to try to sell anything at all. Put all that in there, wrote this great letter for it, mailed it off. Hope for the best. I got, had to get, had to even go out and buy new copies of all the cards that had gone missing, but got those, sent them off. And so this past week, I get an envelope back. It's coming from Vita Blue because it's got, you know, the Oakland postmark on there, a little VB up in the corners. I write the initials up there and all that. Yeah, you cheat. You cheat. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> the reason for that, though, is because I've gotten twice now back envelopes that were completely empty. And it's like, who was this from? I don't know. I, I wish I knew who this was supposed to have been from. So that's why I started doing that. But I get it and I, op I get it. I open it up and inside is my letter ripped in half and wrapped around the cards with a price list asking 15 bucks a card. It's like, I don't Dude. know. Maybe it's just me. If it's <laughs> like, yeah, if this were me as a sign of good faith, I would at least sign one of those cards and say, look, yeah, that sucks. You lost it. Here's at least one, you know, do something like that. 
But to get my letter ripped in half, wrapped around the cards with a price list, asked me 15 bucks, more than, I, more than it has been before now for that. It's like, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to see if I can, you know, go out and trade for them instead. Because, I mean, I'm not going to pay him multiple times here. And what, what happens if I send again and it doesn't come back? You know, then I'm out 80 bucks instead. And again, I don't have that kind of money to go throwing around just willy-nilly like that. So I'd rather try to trade, which I actually did work a trade this week to so get me the 72 card. So I've at least got that one coming. Yeah, I would say that one's pretty easy to get, I would think. Yeah, that's it, it's definitely the easiest out of the uh, remaining ones I've got. I still have one of the league leader ones, which I haven't sent because I haven't signed. It's uh, Mickey Lolich, Vita Blue, and Joe Coleman all on it. It's signed by Coleman, and Coleman is notorious for the use of a ghost signer. Yep. I picked it up in a trade. I'm pretty sure it's probably the Coleman ghost signer. So I'm like, ah, I'm not going to waste money on that. I'm just going to go and get a, you know, new copy of it or whatever and go from there. So yeah, he got, he's sick, isn't he? I think, I don't know if I he has know. Alzheimer's he's, he's a, or. He's had a ghost signer for a long time. So I really, I don't know if he's, if it's an illness or something or what exactly, but. Yeah, I have him for my, on my 78 and I, I wouldn't say that that's definitely his, his autograph on yeah. it, but. I, so for a yeah, guy I've like, got it. Like I said, like Joe Coleman, I'm not going to, I guess I'm not going to worry about it, you know? Right. Yeah. So I've at least got the one coming there. I've still got the one league leader I need to do. And then the fan favorites ones, but I know I've seen several of those fan favorites ones out there signed. So it's like, all right, I can probably work a trade somewhere along the line. So yeah, not real happy with Vita blue right now. Cause I mean, it's possible that, you know, it's possible it never even got to him in the first place, but there's a month worth of stuff that didn't get to him. Supposedly I'm questioning that. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, he's either got the worst sticky fingered mailman in history or there's something else going on there. So yeah, not real happy with Vita Blue right now. All right, breathe, right? Breathe, breathe. Yeah, I'm, I'm breathe. trying to stay calm. I mean, I'm saving my <laughs> I'm saving my vitriol for later on when we when when we could talk about some of the uh the national news. But, I know yeah. that's good. That's good. You didn't use the yeah. F word. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> very proud of you. This is Mother's Day, remember? We gotta be nice if your of kids course. listening. Well, I mean, so, I did my broadcast work with the uh, floorball stuff this week too, so I, you know, had to remember keep it keep it calm there too. Which I, I mean, I didn't have reason to get mad during that at least. So there was that. Well, if if yeah. anyone knows Vita Blue, just tell him he's got one sad, unhappy fan here. You know, reach out to Drew, help him out. This is not we're we're not talking Mickey Mantle here. We're talking Vita Blue, who was a good player in his day, but and we really appreciate him signing. He signed for me as well. But uh, you know, he kind of slipped up on this one. They're probably getting a lot, lot of requests, but we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But if anyone knows Vita Blue or has a, a Vita Blue connection, here's your time to shine and help my pal Drew out. Yeah. <laughs> Drew's Drew's on a check to check here basis. We're not making a lot of money doing this T- TTM <laughs> stuff. I think we're doing something wrong, Drew, but <laughs> yeah, it's really more of a drain than a, a money revenue stream. But exactly. well, 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 you guys will help them out. So Vita Blue, if you're listening, or you know somebody that that, that knows Vita Blue, help Drew out. Well, guys, we have a really fun show for you. A lot, got a lot of content this week. They're probably maybe two hours or us. So please uh, enjoy it. If you, you can't listen to the whole thing, do it, break it up because there's a lot of cool stuff. We have a really fun interview with Artist Gilmore. Artist Gilmore was uh, elected as one of the top 75 players in NBA history, basketball history. He played uh, in the ABA, started in the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels. He also played with the Chicago Bulls. He played with the San Antonio Spurs and finished his career with the Boston Celtics. And we talk all about Artist's career. Artist is a great TTM where we talk about autographs and signing autographs through the mail. We also talk about my fate, one of my favorite shows of all time, The White Shadow. 
Artis Gilmore was in the premier the 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 pilot episode of The White Shadow. We talk about The White Shadow with Artis, so that that's kind of cool. So that's coming up next week. We have Susie uh, Lugeridge, Susie Lugeridge. You might uh, you know Suze. Suze. She is the head editor at uh, Golden Auctions. She has worked at Tops. She worked at Beckett. She writes probably one of the best card blogs out there called Card Chat. If you're not a, a subscriber to, to it, please, uh, I would recommend checking it out because it is fantastic. We got the Sue's on next week. Uh, we're going to talk about collecting and women and collecting, one of, one of her passions, and talk about what's happening with tops and uh, fanatics and just anything that's that's happening in the in the hobby. She's a she is uh, a great, a very good writer, and she she's tied in with everything. So we got Sue's next week, but this week we have Artist Gilmore. Drew, what are our regular segments? What do we got coming up for these guys? Of course, we've got our usual stuff with Baker's Dozen covering every little piece of hobby news that we could find throughout the week. We've got more from Les. Les Wolf joining us. We'll be talking about some uh, autograph-related topics with him. This is, I believe, his second episode that he's been on with that segment, so definitely looking forward to that. Making the Grade will cover everything about card grading and all the news in the grading world right now. We've got our stamp of approval where Jeff and I both give our thumbs up to Something, anything, whatever's on our mind. It could be just about anything, whether it's collectibles related or not. So uh, might get some interesting stuff there from uh, that you never knew about us, what we're into. After that, you've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we're going to have all the uh, deaths in the world of celebrity, politics, sports, and anything like that from the previous week. And of course, the main reason why we're here, our TTM Returns. Yeah, and guys, we love getting emails. You guys have been awesome sending us emails, and we try to answer as many emails as we can. Uh, we got a great email that we're going to follow up on at the, at the end of the show uh, of a new TTM collector, one of, one of our, our, our new listeners, uh, Mike from Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're going to we're going to talk to uh, we're going to answer Mike's questions, which are really great pertinent questions. Uh, if you want to send us an email, send us to an email to TTMcast at yahoo.com. That's right. Or you can just text us at 978-729-0662. Please be patient. We do get a lot of emails. We try to do our best to follow everyone up. Keep them coming. We love to hear from you. So uh, with that said, that's gonna, we're going to go right into our first segment, which is Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is kind of a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby, a lot of stuff going on. First, I just want to let everyone know to check out my articles, my weekly articles on TTM and autograph collecting. And Drew's been giving me some content stuff, and we get some more Drew Pelto content this week. So check it out. Thank you, Drew. Uh, and uh, that is all on sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's usually posted on uh, Monday or Tuesday, so watch, uh, check out sportscollectorsdaily.com for uh, all the hobby news, but you can check out my uh, weekly article there. And we always have a lot of um, TTM. We have uh, our TTM 
successes. We have TTM tips. We have autograph collecting tips. And it, it, there's a lot of content that we just can't get in the, the podcast that we put in the the the, um, the article. So check it out, sportsclickthisdaily.com. Well, this, this is a really interesting news piece. We've been kind of following this. The one-on-one Topps Platinum uh, Juan DeFranco card. This is a 2002 Topps one-on-one Platinum card. We uh, talked about it a couple weeks ago. It was found in a uh, blaster box at uh, Walgreens in California, of all places. Um, and it, the hobby was up in arms because it wasn't found uh, under glass in some, <laughs> in some museum someplace or, or, or some uh, you know, high-end card store. It was just found out, out in the wild in the retail. Well, it sold on golden auction this week for $78,000. Uh, it got an eight grade from PSA, which is a little surprising because it's a, it was right out of the pack. And But PSA was a tough grader on this one. They only gave it an eight. It an eight. But it did go for $78,000. Uh, not bad for what? It, probably a $20 investment for a blaster box to turn into $78,000 in, 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 what, two weeks. That's not a bad deal, huh, Drew? Definitely not. So I guess we're not going to be seeing... Uh... Indiana Jones and the quest for the platinum Wander Franco then going on a worldwide <laughs> event, uh, adventure. I, you know what? It's just like the, um, you know, Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory the search for the golden ticket. I honestly didn't even know it was, a, it was a thing. I didn't know there was, there was a big hunt for this card, but um, evidently people in the hobby did know about it. Um, you know, whatever. So if someone wanted to pay $78,000 for a 2022 card for a guy that hasn't done anything, that I think has, I don't know, what does he have, like five home runs? Is, I mean, he's a good, he's going to be a good player. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but. <laughs> it's just a lot of speculation right there. A lot that's, of speculation. That's right. why I just can never seem to really get into the big name rookies at all. Because, I mean, for every, for every Albert Pujols out there, there's got to be five Kevin Mosses. Yeah, I mean, from an, an investment standpoint, and when we talk about this uh, with Les Wolf later in the show, um, you know, go for the vintage, right? Go for the guys, the, the Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle and uh, Nolan Ryan and even Kyle Ripken Jr., the guy, Ichiro. Get, these guys have been doing it. You know, it, you know, you want to do guys that are playing well. You know what? Luka Doncic is, 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 a, is a Hall of Famer. Alapoulos is a Hall of Famer. Cabrera is a Hall of Famer. You know I mean? The, the, you know, you're not worrying about where these guys are going. But, well, you know, I owe, I owe Wanda Franco on my fantasy team. I'm hoping he's the next Alex Rodriguez, but. He could he could very well play in the league for five years and, and be nowhere, you know. It's so you want to speculate on it, uh, more power to you. But that's truly a lottery ticket. And if I had the card, I would have sold it too for seventy eight thousand dollars and said thank thank you very much. Well, Drew, you know what? Uh, this is kind of I, I don't know a thorn in our side, right? Is this a thorn in our side? We're 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 so looking forward to the national, and they have all sorts of guys that are signing. So why don't you why don't you give a list of the guys that are signing, and then we'll kind of broach ever so gently okay let's let's be kind all right ever so gently the vip signers i will definitely try to keep it calm i'm not going to go full uh ken carmen in uh, november of 2019 even i was listening to his rant earlier that he did on the browns on uh cleveland radio in 2019 it was one of the best rants i've ever heard but i'm gonna try not to hit uh, his range here but we have had some more signers added for the national a lot of paid signers big name paid signers and some that i'm really looking forward to you've got uh they went really heavy on the football here on this uh, most recent announcement. You've got uh, Emmett Smith, Ray Lewis, Joe Green, Drew Pearson, Lenny Moore, Dermani Dawson, Jack Youngblood, all Hall of Famers right there. You've got Adrian Peterson, probably a future Hall of Famer right there. Randall Cunningham, one of my all-time favorites, is going to be there. 
And on the baseball side of things, Hall of Famer Juan Marichal has been added to the list there as well. We also have a couple of new names added for the VIP signers and announced today, 1992 American League Rookie of the Year winner Pat Listash and three-time Pro Bowler Mike Nelms. Now, before we say anything there, who can tell me anything about Mike Nelms? I'm pretty well versed in football from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. I had to look up Mike Nelms. And I see this as a guy who knows special teamers pretty well. I have a list of every team's long snapper from 1980 to the present. In researching that, I tend to pick up a lot of weird little random minutiae about football. And I had never heard of Mike Nelms until today. I, I'm the same. I don't remember him. And I, yeah. I went to... I. My company had season tickets in the 80s for, for all the games. So I went to a ton of Patriots games. And well, he, play, he played for the uh, Redskins, right? He played for Washington. Yes, he was a Washington's uh, kick returner, mostly. He played a little bit on defense as a D-back, but uh, he had one career interception as defensive back. Never yeah, started he, a single game. He never hit my radar. And, uh, you know, we were talking b- before the show started. Uh, you know, the the VIP tickets aren't cheap. They're like 300 bucks, right? 320 bucks or something for the VIP ticket. And and yeah. I'm not complaining uh, in terms of the value that I've had gotten in the past. I've, I've This is going to be my third or fourth one that I've bought the VIP because I've always enjoyed it. I like the Wednesday night um, event. I think that's always a great night. Um, you get to go in early on Wednesday for a sneak preview, which is kind of nice. Um, you don't have to wait in too much of the lines because for the guys that are, that are free, quote unquote, they have the tickets for. Um, but uh, the qual—I don't know—I don't the quality. The the guys that that are listed in the VIP are not that the next level of of guys that you were expecting um, for VIP. I know when we went to Cleveland, Drew and I were talking. We had Calvin Murphy, who was, was a uh, a, hall of, a Hall of Fame basketball player. We had uh, Louis Tiant, who was a superstar uh, pitcher, and you know, we, 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 you know, he he didn't he's he's, just, he's borderline Hall of Fame if you ask me. He yeah. he was he had some some great years. Uh, even a guy like Mike Hargrove, who doesn't sign a lot, was there. You know, and you don't mind the guy. You know, if there's a guy that doesn't sign a lot through TTM and get a chance to get his autograph, uh, and and uh, uh, Lem Barker, who pitched a perfect game. For Cleveland, you can understand. You know, those are, those were all great guys, and you know, I know they all can't be uh, superstar, uh, you know, Hall of Famers. But you know, Pat, not not to take anything away from Pat Listash. Pat Listash won the Rookie of the Year in 1982. Or what was 82? 92. 92, and you know, he didn't. He he disappeared. Yeah. Right. He, you know, he was he had one good year. I mean, even at Cleveland, we had Joe Charbonneau, but Joe Charbonneau was 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 a, a cult figure and he doesn't sign TTM. So it was kind of great to get a chance to get to get uh, Joe Charbonneau. So, uh, you know, the guys that are the guys that are VIP that are, that are signing right now um, don't excite me as much as I was. I was really the way I don't like the way that they did releasing the, the names this year. They're doing it, you know, spurts here and there and. I don't know. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to bad enough try start because they, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're bringing in over a hundred people to sign and the guys they're bringing are fabulous guys, but it'd be nice if they could open the purse strings a little and, you know, give us a, a Ray Lewis or, or a, a Jack Youngblood or one of those guys that, 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 that has some, some sex appeal to him. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm just going to give you a couple names right here of some previous freebie signers they've had before. This is going to be my fifth national I've gone to with a VIP pass. First one I went to is 2001, and the Wednesday night VIP preview night, their three free autograph signers were Bob Feller, Gaylord Perry, and Ferguson Jenkins. That's three Hall of Famers right there. I mean, say what you want about Bob Feller. He was, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time, but the joke has always been in the collectibles community that there are more baseballs out there that are signed by Feller than there are that are not signed by him. So, I mean, he's, he's always, you know, been a willing signer, but still, I would gladly take, you know, somebody like that at, uh, for a night like that. 2004 was one of the worst ones that I remember in my, uh, in my time doing these ones. But because uh, I, I will say 2001 and 2004, I didn't bother with the regular tickets during the show. I was there just for cards and stuff. And that was it. I got autographs at the preview night there and that was it. But 2004, their preview night consisted of Vaughn Johnson and Ken Sabarin. Vaughn Johnson, okay, I mean, he was at least part of the Dome Patrol, that great Saints uh, linebacking core, but he was definitely the kind of forgotten one out of the four. I mean, you've got two Hall of Famers in there, uh, what guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, and then Johnson was kind of the fourth guy, but I mean, still at least he played in a couple of Pro Bowls and everything, so there's that. Ken Sabarin, yeah, good luck telling me anything about him without looking him up. Yep. Uh, 2014, great show. I mean, they had Dale Murphy there as a free signer for us in 2014. They had, um, what else? Uh, football Hall of Famer Joe Delamayor was there. Andy Van Slyke, who's, you know, not a TTM, not a huge name, but at least, you know, multi-time all-star, tough to get typically to sign. Al Oliver was there, who's a guy who's, you know, borderline Hall of Famer. He had Len Barker, has been at, I think, every single one of the Cleveland Nationals. So he was there, of course. They had Tom Brown, they had Joe Charbonneau, Al Bubba Baker. A lot of guys who are at least award winners in there. 2018, you know, you mentioned before there with Murphy, with Barker, with uh, Levon Hernandez was one of the names there. Jose Rijo is at least a World Series MVP. So you've got, you know, some big names there. Tiant that should be in the Hall of Fame. 2002, I just, I feel like we've got a little bit of a bait and switch there from, uh, from TriStar. I mean, they were, you know, super heavily pumping these uh, VIP deals saying, oh, it's super VIP. We're limiting it to only this number. You better get them now while you can. And people went nuts. And they sold out, you know, what, a couple months or so. Got mine. You got yours. Aaron got his. So you got all of ours. But we're getting names on here like Tommy Green, who, okay, Tommy Green has a no hitter to his credit. That's great. But he's very accessible by mail. Mickey Morandini, he turned an unassisted triple play. Okay, that's, I mean, that's a great, of, that's a, you know, a great moment in baseball and everything, but it's not Dale Murphy type. It's not, you know, a multi-all-star Carlos Baerga type or anything like that. This is a guy who, you know, is famous for one little event there. And it's just, yeah, I, I feel like we're getting massively shortchanged on this one this year. I'm hoping that maybe they've still got, what, four more at least to announce yeah, you know, where, we'll you know, where are the Phil, where are the Flyers? Where are the Rangers? Yes. Where's some where are some hockey guys? Yes. You know, Bill Berge's there, and he was a hell of a player. He's probably, I bet he he's probably the best player in the in the VIP group, don't you think? I'd put Bill Madlock as my number one pick out of all those guys. But yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, Bill Berge would probably be the second one. There's just like, yikes. So, so we'll see. So we're. You know what? We're I I don't know. Well, are we crying over spilt milk here? Are we are we spoiled? <laughs> yes. Do bit, we yeah. want? Do we want? You know, but we're still consumers, and we still want value for our dollar. And I don't think we're getting it yet. And, and you know, we'll reserve uh, the the right to change our mind if they they add three or four more guys that that maybe and maybe they're holding them back. But I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't think that's smart because they want to. So they still have VIP tickets to sell. And if there's no value, like if if they said came to me right now and said, "Would well, do you want a, uh, another VIP ticket? Or would you buy a VIP ticket?" I'd probably say no. Yeah, no way. So, 
um, you know, we'll we'll see, and we're gonna we're gonna have um we're gonna have Ray Schulte on from the National on in a couple of weeks, and uh, we're gonna try to get someone from TriStar to talk to them about it as well. So we're not gonna you know we're not gonna back down when we when we, when we talk to these people, but it is it is what it is. Well, guy, you know if you are interested in any of these guys that that Drew mentioned, you can go to um, nsccshow.com. The tickets go on sale May 26th. And the national is July 27th to the 31st in Atlantic City. Guys, Drew and I both will be in, at the national. We, we're uh, plans are in, in works, right? The wheels in motion. We're gonna uh, record some interviews and some shows uh, at the national. Uh, we've got a couple uh, commitments to for to be in people's booths at the show. We'll let people know where we're gonna be. We're also gonna have a meetup, I think, on Thursday night, and we're we're, we're planning that as well for all our TTM cast. Uh, listeners uh, just to kind of meet us and, and talk TTM and talk collecting and, and uh, have, have a beer with us. And uh, you know, we're not buying beers guys. We're not buying anyone beers, but, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll be there to, to drink and have a beer with you or a soda. And, and, and uh, we'll, we'll give up some more information um, kind of when we get closer to the national, but we, we, we've got a lot of fun stuff. I'm going to, uh, we'll see if we get some cool giveaways to that we can give out at the national and Drew and I are real excited because Drew and I have been uh, friends, virtual friends, right, for four or five years now, uh, but we haven't met each other face to face. So this is gonna be the first time that we'll we'll actually get to meet face to face. And we're gonna go to a, we're gonna go to a game in Manchester in in August. We got we're gonna it's COVID is, is loosening things up a little. So hopefully we don't have an outbreak break of COVID in the next two months and they close down the national on us. But yeah. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. A couple more uh, items to talk about before we get get to our um, our, our more with less. Uh, our friends uh, at Signatures for Soldiers, I'm so proud of these guys. I think when I started talking to Tim at Signatures for Soldiers, he was out like thirty or forty thousand dollars he had raised. He's been starting. He started doing this in November of 2014, and he has raised over one hundred forty-four thousand dollars for uh, wounded veterans, which is unbelievable and tim is you know him and him and his team they do a great job they're going to be at the national they're an official um charity of the national so um check it out signatures for soldiers all the money that they get they get all the cards signed by all the athletes and then they sell all that money goes to the um the soldiers and he's raised over 144 thousand dollars since november 4th of 2014 so congratulations tim Got a couple of shows uh, coming up that we want to let people know about. The uh, this is the first. The um, there's going to be a Fenway Park card show in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, uh, May 14th and 15th. It's a two-day show. It's twenty dollars for admission. They're going to have over a hundred vendors. I haven't. They haven't announced any autograph uh, signers yet, so I'm not sure who's going to be there. The Red Sox are. Uh, part of the promotion group that's putting it on uh it will be in fenway park it's gonna be the first card show in fenway park um it should be interesting to see uh what type of people get there what type of cards are, are, are going to be there i know there's been a lot of talk online people are very excited about it so uh if you're in the boston area new england area may 14th to the 15th the fenway, fenway card show check it out Got the Dallas Card Show coming up with another uh, one of their productions. It's going to be on May 19th through the 22nd. Talking about 600-plus tables set up at that and several autographed guests as well. Three local guys in Bob Lilly, Jim Sundberg, and Billy Sims that are all going to be there. Plus going to have Zach Thomas coming in for it. Uh, Baseball Hall of Famer Whitey Herzog and Dallas Cowboys legend Jim Jeffcoat 
all going to be there as autograph signers. You can always check out their website, dallascardshow.com, for full info on who's going to be signing and when. Boy, Drew, did I butcher that? Whitey Herzog, I butchered. Jeff, Jim Jeffcoat, I butchered. And you nailed it like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's some new releases, a lot of new releases this week. You know, we're starting to see kind of we're in um, playoff hockey and playoff basketball and uh, draft just came up and we got some baseball, a lot of stuff going on. So there's a 2021-22 Opeachy Platinum Hockey that just came out. Drew and I love the hockey when it comes out. It's 12 cards per box with one autograph. It's only it's $200 for a box, which is a little high for hockey releases, but uh, you do get the one autograph in there. Uh, and it, the set includes 200 veterans and 100 marquee rookies, which is nice, very heavy uh, on the rookie end. So if you're a hockey guy, check it out. 2021-22 Opeachy Platinum Hockey just came out. Well, you mentioned we're getting basketball playoffs going on now, too. And we've got Panini Revolution Basketball hitting the, uh, hitting the shelves. Five cards per pack, eight packs per box. And in that, you're going to get out of those 40 cards, four rookies, four inserts, and eight parallels. So... Nice grouping right there from a pretty good rookie class. $330 is what that's going to set you back. And those are nice. Those are really nice looking cards. The Revolution is a, a nice uh, release from Panini. Guys, um, we talked about it at the beginning. Uh, Bowman Baseball, 2022 Bowman Baseball is out. Um, typical Bowman they, uh, Baseball, the first 100 cards are the veteran cards. And the, the next, I think, 100 cards are rookie cards and um, and. First Bowman cards, it's a, it's a, a really nice release. There's a lot of uh, prospects in there. Um, you can get the the retail blaster boxes, uh, which are available. I've seen them at Wall Green, Walmart, and I'm sure they'll be at Target soon. But there's 12 cards per pack, six packs per box, 72 cards in a box. I got them, uh, I, I picked them up at Walmart for $31 for a blaster box, which is a great deal. I've seen them online for about $45. Uh, I've, I've heard there's some collation problems, but I haven't seen it. I've heard people complaining that they're getting uh, two, three, and four uh, of the same card out of a blaster box. So I, I didn't see it. On the, I opened two so far, and I didn't see any collation, collation problems. But uh, just buyer beware, I guess, you might want, if you want to wait. But uh, Walmart does have them. Uh, also, if you want to go to your local card store, the hobby boxes, which are 24 packs, 10 cards per pack, you get one auto and a hobby box. Those are going for about $350 or the jumbo box, which is really cool. I love those. There's 12 packs of 32 cards per pack. You get three autos in the in the box, and those are going for $750. Now, you know, those are a little lottery tickets, right, Drew? Mm. But um, the Bowman cards, I like, I really do like the Bowman, uh, paper and Chrome cards. Um, and you know, for $31 for a retail box, I think, I don't think it's a bad deal. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to complain about the, uh, collation problems if they're hitting like four Wander Franco cards in a single box. Either. True. I mean, I've got, I opened two different blaster boxes. I kind of, I, I, you know, I never try to grab them back to back. So I opened two different blaster boxes and I got two Wander Francos, one in each pack box so um not bad and i got i got i got a bunch of guys that i got a lot of red sox guys that i wanted and i was i i was very happy with the the two boxes that i opened i've got two more i think i might save one and i'll probably open one one more when i get back from atlanta yeah well big spenders this one is for you panini national treasures football is coming out or just came out a couple days ago i believe but a nice selection of stuff and they're getting three autographs three memorabilia cards one base or insert card and one parallel or insert parallel all in one of those fancy little boxes there. 
high-end product, though. You're talking, you're talking $4,600 for a box of that. So if you're the type that can afford that, hey, spend your heart out. Go have some fun with that. Go get yourself a box. If you're like me, though, we're just going to be uh, kind of watching from the sidelines there. Yeah, I like I like watching the breaks. That's sort of the breakers, right? But uh, yeah. you know what you know what I do on those? And I think you and I have talked about this. These, these kind of high-end boxes. I'll go and find the, the two or three guys that I want or, you know, a Patriot or somebody that I really like. And I'll just go buy the, the one card for whatever, 50, 60, $70. And I don't have necessarily have to get the one, the one of one uh, Mac, Mac Jones, you know, card. It's I'm okay with, with just getting the base card or, or, or if I can get an autograph for a good price, I will. But um, you know, it's something if you're in, if you're into breaking, that might be the way to go, it, but it is $4,600 and it is a real high end and, and boy, those cards are beautiful. They really are. So one of the things I like to, sometimes you can find, just like you said, you know, about finding a base card or something, even just of a guy you like, there was a table at the, actually it was at the 2018 nationals guy. Uh, I think it's called dollar club or something like that who had every card on his table was $1. And I was able to find like a Corey Kluber. I think it was, I don't think it was national treasure. I think it was like immaculate or something like that, but Immaculate base number to 25 for a buck of one of my favorite players. Oh, hell yeah. I will grab that every day. And so I'm with you on that. I'll gladly grab those like that. That's the fun part of going to shows is going, you know, going, finding the quarter box or finding the dollar box or even the $5 box. And you can always find cool cards that the shows. One other new release that came out today, uh, we're we're recording this on the 6th. It's the 2021-22 Panini Cork Kings basketball there's one pack of 10 cards. You get one auto, one memorabilia, one rookie, two parallels. Uh, I'm sorry, two inserts, one parallel and four base cards. And those are going for about $440. Again, Panini does a great job. The, the, the designs when they, when Panini can use the logo, I think they do. A, I think they do a fantastic job in, uh, in their designs. I'm a little, I'm a little shy, shy away on the baseball where they can't, they don't use the logo, but I do. I really do like, uh, you know, I love the Panini Select. I love the Prisms and some of these high-end stuff. You got the the Panini guys to do a good job uh, designing the cards. So that one came out. It's 2021, 22 uh, Panini Court Kings basketball. Well, guys, that wraps up Baker's dozen. Like I said, we got a really we got an extended show this week. And uh, coming up, we have more from Les. We talked with Les Wolf. Les Wolf is a legend in the the hobby in terms of collecting autographs. And uh, we're going to talk to Les about what factors you consider uh, before you start investing in sports memorabilia. So enjoy my time with uh, Les Wolf. um, And we'll be right back. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. Well, kids, it's that time of the show, my favorite time. We're welcoming our friend Les Wolf. It is more from Les. I missed Les last week. We're going every other week with this, and I think we might have to go every week because I, I, I'm, I need my Les Wolf fix. Hey, Les, how's it going, pal? Good. How you doing, Jeff? Pleasure Very to good. see you again. Good to talk to you. Les, of course, is a legend in the hobby. He has been collecting for more than, autographs for more than sixty years. He knows he knew everyone from Muhammad Ali to Mickey Mantle to you name it. He has been a, a friend of the legends. And now I'm considering myself a friend of the legend because we're friends with Les Wolf. Les, we're going to talk about um, factors you consider when you are investing in sports collectibles. I know it's a kind of a broad based topic, but, you know, people are always uh, asking me, what should I invest in? How much should I spend? What should I consider? 
Well, you know, what do you recommend, you know, using your 60 years of being in the business and collecting uh, Swartz memorabilia? Well, the first thing is try to set a budget of what you want to spend. And if, you, if you're looking at it as an investment, I started out just collecting because I enjoyed it. I didn't look at it as investment. And now as I'm getting older, I still, I still buy what I like. And then I consider certain things an investment. Um, I always tell people the hardest thing to invest in is something that you really want to keep. But you got to look at it first and foremost. You have to make sure the item is authentic. You want to make sure it comes from a, a reputable dealer such as myself or someone that's been in the industry a long time. And the second biggest thing is you need to have a, a JSA letter with it or a PSA letter or a Beckett. You need to have some kind of back, 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 you know, a backbone for the item to make sure that it's authentic because I find I'm looking at a lot of collections. I'll give you an example. I had a guy with a 56 Yankee team ball that's in, in the collection and he thought it was the most valuable. And as soon as I took one look at it, I said, this mantle is, does not look right. And the Whitey Ford doesn't look right. Well, that was his big thing in his collection. He's, he's had it since 56 and he really liked it. And I said, I'm sorry. And I, here, here's an opinion, my opinion. And here's a professional opinion. It's not authentic. So he said years ago, he, he was offered $1,100 for it. I said, you probably should have sold it then, but you didn't know it wasn't authentic. It's not worth much money now because the key autograph is the mantle, non-major league baseball, mantle and Ford were not authentic. So that's a very, very important topic when you're buying memorabilia. Buy it from someone that's reputable and someone that'll stand behind their product. I mean, I've, I've been doing this for 60 years and yes, I do get items back sometimes that I made a mistake, but what I do is what a lot of dealers don't do is I'll give you a, whatever you paid for it, I'll give you that money as, as money to use towards something else that I have in my inventory if you're not happy with that item. But I find many reputable dealers in the past have not done that and they'll just say, basically, I'm sorry, you know, that, you know, it's, I'm not gonna do anything with it, but I think that's very important. And I also think, I always say, collect what you like. Like I've always liked Mickey Mantle and Muhammad Ali and that's what I've collected. And that's what I've invested my money and my time with. I've got my Babe Ruth's and my Lou Gehrig items and my John L. Sullivan's and stuff like that. I think if you, I, 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 for one, always think that when you're investing, you got to invest in the greats, the Babe Ruth's, the Lou Gehrig's, the Mickey Mantle's, the Joe DiMaggio's, Muhammad Ali's, the uh, Jim Thorpe's, you know, the, the icons in each sport, the Michael Jordan's, the Luka Doncic's, who is turning out to be a legendary now, or the, the Greek freak, uh, and to Pupola, I think those guys, their stuff is never going to go down. And that's where I think you have to put your money in. But you also got to enjoy it. You got to want to look at it and say, okay, that's nice. You know, I like that. And then watch it grow. I mean, if you buy a Babe Ruth autograph now on an 8x10 or a cut or whatever, whatever you spend for this year, I guarantee you next year, two years, five years from now, it's going to only appreciate because there's less and less in them out there. And they're hard to find. And I find that right now I'm, you know, I just bought for, unfortunately, a good customer of mine passed away, but he just bought a Ruth cut for, for five figures. And it, it was a beautiful, beautiful cut. If you asked me five or 10 years ago, if I thought Ruth cuts would go that kind of money, I'd say, no, they're only a thousand, two thousand dollars, three thousand. Now, if you look at it, everybody wants it graded. I had a guy come up to me 
at the show I just did at Hofstra. And he wanted 11,000 for this, this pencil cut that was Ruth because it was a PSA nine. I said, I have an eight by 10 here. I'm selling for 15,000. I'd rather have the picture than the cut. But it it's all depends on what you like. But Ruth and Gehrig stuff is a backbone of any collection as far as investments. And if you gave me like $10,000, I would try to buy some some vintage vintage mint mantle autographs or DiMaggio, things that I could afford and, and Ruth or Gehrig if there's stuff out there. And that's what I would do. At least that's my opinion. And Ali, I think Ali, unfortunately, is undervalued. I think he's still the greatest. He did sign a lot, but I think his stuff is just great to have. I mean, I personally was friends with him. I love, I love Mohammed, uh, and his stuff is just great stuff to have. And I, you know, when, and as when, a collector, right? I'm a collector. I, I'm not much of an investor, but I do see the, the value of my stuff. Um, where do you draw the line from? Uh, how do you separate yourself emotionally from a piece? So I'll give you an example, right? I went out and I purchased the uh, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson uh, rookie card with, with uh, Dr. J, the 1980 Topps basketball card. It was graded at a PSA eight. And I was, and I, I looked at it as uh, adding to my collection as opposed to an investment. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is, this is going to be an investment someday too, because it's going to be worth something. When do you, when do you, personally say okay it goes from being uh something in my collection to something that i should turn and flip and uh and profit from it's a, that's a hard, that's a hard question i'll give you a classic example sometimes you have to sell things even though it's in your collection when the time is right uh, i just sold something probably my best jackie robinson order i had a three autographs in his junior college before he went to ucla he went to junior college it was signed on three different pictures on his basketball picture, baseball picture, and track picture. I decided now, 75th anniversary, that it was a good time to sell that book. I gave it to Golden and they sold it. And it went for a lot of money. It should have went for more, I thought. But you know what? I made money on it. And I could take that money when I get it, invest in something else, buy something else, or I could pay bills. But but I still have all the Robinson stuff, but that was the best thing that I had. As far as your uh, bird magic and... Irving, I think that's a great card, great card. But if you're collecting that set or if you're getting it signed by all three, which that's what I would do is get it signed by all three because it's all three gettable, whatever the price is, and you put that in a PSA holder and you get a grade on that, I think that's a great investment because you're getting not one, not two, but three NBA 50 players, three of the greatest in each team, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Nets, and or the, the Sixers, whichever team you want to – consider uh, Dr. J with, but I think those are three icons and you can never go wrong with those three. Do you, um, you know, one of the things that, that I, I've been lately, people are coming to me with things that they want, they're trying to sell, you know, my grandmother had this ball and I had, you know, I, I, I think I might've showed it to you. Somebody sent me a, uh, a Joe DiMaggio ball that, that they were going to, that they wanted to try to sell because it, it was in their grandmother's estate or something. You know what I mean? How, how do you um, walk the thin line, especially with people that you know that, that if you see something that's not real or you, you have a, a doubt on it, how do you, how do you approach them and say, you know, you know, I don't want to insult you, but that doesn't look real to me. Um, I'll give you a, cl a classic example. I went to this man's house. Unfortunately, his wife's in a wheelchair. He was having to take her for dialysis. He had leukemia. Very sad story. 
as soon as I looked at the man on 56 ball, I said, oh, my God, it's not right. <laughs> I, you know, I just knew immediately. And I said, this Whitey Ford looks real. It, it looks uh, clubhouse also. Um, I usually just tell the person, and, you know, I say, listen, you know, you want the good news or bad news with your stuff here? I want to buy this stuff. But I'm just telling you, this 56 Yankee ball is not authentic. You know, the main signatures are not authentic. And that's going to affect the value. I mean, I was all ready to spend some serious money on the 56, but it had so many things wrong with it. it had Mantle and Foyle with Clubhouse. It only had about 16 or 18 autographs on it, non-official, and it was just terrible. I mean, I don't even know what the price set at. I gave it to JSA to get them to authenticate it, and they kicked it back to me because they, you know, I even wrote Mantle and Ford aren't authentic, so I'll have to, get, you know, spend the money to get another letter from them. I didn't get a letter from them, but I knew that those were bad. I mean, I don't even know what the price set at because yeah. your two keys are no good. But I, I always say when it comes to finding out that, that like that lady's demagogue, if it's not authentic, you just have to say, listen, miss, I'm sorry. But in my opinion, that demagogue order got baseball is not authentic and just not and just pass on it. And, wait, I, and you know, the, I always say the biggest thing I've always said when I go to someone to look at their collection, when I go to the house, whoever I meet them and they come to me at the show is you got to be honest with them and tell them, listen, I'm sorry. It's not authentic. I'm not really interested in that. Blah, blah, blah. And move on. Or if it's a team ball, well, I'd like to buy that team ball from you, but I'm sorry. The key autograph to measure is not authentic. I can't pay you any, what, anywhere, what you, what you might think it's worth. You could Google it, whatever. And like when I was over the man's house with the 56 Yankee ball, I Googled and I said, yeah, look, if it was authentic, this is what it's worth. But since it's not authentic, it's worth a fraction of that because it was on the sweet spot with Barrow happened to be good, but it kills the baseball as soon as somebody. And to tell you, and usually when I call that like a mishmash baseball, when you have someone on there that is not authentic, it makes that baseball a real tough sell because most people don't want to bother with a ball that has something that's not authentic. Are there some um, athletes, the former athletes, where condition isn't king you know everyone's like oh i want a psa 10 i want i want this you know is there some uh athletes that condition doesn't really matter you know like the the hornus wagner t206 card that was that was trimmed and and and, uh, ripped in half also i know and they and it sold for 1.5 million dollars is the in your mind is 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 there some athletes that the condition uh, doesn't affect the, the value or, or your um, idea of uh, purchasing it as an investment? Sometimes when you're purchasing for an investment, I mean, usually you want to get the best condition you can afford. But when it comes to like a Honest Wagner card, I mean, obviously people buy it ripped in half, they'll spend stupid money for, but you got to stay within a budget. And if that budget says you can't afford to buy it, a mint Ruth baseball. You buy what you can afford. I mean, I sold a Ruth Garrick ball that the Garrick was about a six, the Ruth was about a five. And I told the guy, I said, you're getting a great price on it. Now I sold it to the client and you know what? I can't find anything, any, another Ruth Garrick ball similar to that with that, with that condition that good for anywhere near that money that I just sold it for. And that happens all the time. Ruth and Garrick stuff traditionally do not go down. And if you're buying something, if you're buying a mint 10 mantle baseball, I've had quite a few of them at a bunch of PSA nines. If you have that, it's not going to go down in value unless, unless somehow you, you damage it, but it's, it's a great investment. 
Are there any athletes out there that, that someone comes to you and it just kind of hits a red flag that um, that's probably going to be fake? Is, you know, is it a Ted Williams or uh, Michael Jordan or, or even, you know, even like a um, Pink, Pete Rose is a diamond dozen now, but I'm just saying, is this there's someone that you see that, that you just kind of shy away from? Cause you can't, you, you can't know for 100% if it's real or not. Um. I don't shy away from, I usually try to, you know, send it off to some authenticators to get their quick opinion if I'm not sure, but more often than not, I think I see more fake Jordans and fake uh, mantles uh, than, than ever before. And DiMaggio also, because there was that company in Jersey, I forgot their name, uh, that, that was just printing up their own, uh, own DiMaggio autographs and the guy out of Florida was printing up the mantle autographs. So you got to be very, very careful. I mean, every big collection that I come up, come, you know, come in handy with, you know, get offered to, there's usually a bunch of bad ones. I had a guy from the Midwest that sent me his entire collection and the best autograph in there was an eight by 10, uh, uh, Walter Payton. And he had a letter on and everything. And as soon as I looked at it, I said, oh my God, it's not good. And he had a bunch of things that didn't have letters on it. And you know, I just said to him, I said, I'm sorry, whatever you thought I could pay for your collection, I can't because you know, the, big, the best name you had, in it was, which was uh, Walter Payton, is not authentic. And that's the problem. You got, you got, there's a lot of red flags and a lot of people don't realize if someone, if you want to sell your collection, you're looking it up online. Okay, I see this is worth 50,000, 50, is worth 10,000 for a mint card, you know, let's say a mint rookie of Jordan. And then when you, when you bring it to someone like myself and it's not graded and I have to try to figure what it might grade, you can't pay anywhere near that. But people really, you know, thought in their heads is that that item is worth that much money. But in reality, it's really not. Sure enough, if you had $500 and, and you're a, t a regular, you know, intermediate collector, you're going to the national, um, what would you, what would you recommend investing in? Would you recommend investing in graded cards, raw cards, autograph photos, baseballs, jerseys, you know I mean? Just uh, from an investment standpoint, not where you think the biggest um, growth area is right now. I see it a lot. Of, there's been a lot of money has been, transacting on in uh on graded cards but the newer cards are starting to go down now uh is if i had 500 dollars, what would i spend it on I, I would look to try to buy a mantle photo or dimaggio photo stuff like that because they're not signing anymore and as long as they're authentic i mean i'm selling mantle photos like three 350 depends on the condition you know if the autographs a psa 10 it's more money i think that stuff's not going to go down Mantle is just such an icon and his stuff is just not going down. I would go for the mantle stuff, but I'm, I'm a little partial. Um, <laughs> I, I would, might go for Ted Williams or Kyle Stramsky here, but. <laughs> I think Yaz isn't a bad investment either, you know, but I, I, I still think, and like classic example, I have a son, he's 25 years old, another son that's 21. I used to take the 25 year old when he was younger to the card shows. And I used to say, hey, Brad, you should be buying the older vintage mantles, stuff like that. No, I just want a box of the cards. So I buy him a new box of cards. He'd open them up and he still likes that. So, you know, the kids, unfortunately, they, they he didn't quite get it. I mean, if you would have went for 
at the time, if you went for the Mantle rookie like 20 years ago, like uh, 15 years ago, you would have been doing pretty, we would have been doing pretty well with that card. But it is what, you know, you got to collect what you like. Yep. $500, you know, is a lot of money to some people. Some people it's not, but I, I would, I would tell that person if you, if you come from Minnesota and you're a big Twins fan or you come from uh, Dallas, you're a big Mavericks fan, buy what you can afford on like Luka Doncic or buy what you can afford on, uh, on uh, Byron Buxton, you know, stuff like that. Cause you're going to see that person all the time and just enjoy it. I mean, I still say in this hobby, we got to cater more to the kids and you got to really play it, you know, play, get, let them get what they like and don't look at it as an investment. Let them enjoy it. Well, we're speaking with Les Wolf. Les, of course, it, it joins us every other week and uh, expounds his expertise on collecting. And uh, next week, we're going to have uh, in our more, uh, in two weeks, I should say, uh, more from Les. It's going to be on our May 22nd issue. We're going to talk about how to protect your collectibles. But uh, Les, why don't you let people know how they can uh, reach out to you if they have any questions, if they want to ask you something, or if they how they can find you on social media. Well, I'm all over social media. You can look at look up Les Wolf Sports on Instagram. I'm on <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Les Wolf. Uh, you can email me L Wolf W O L F F eighteen twenty three at AOL dot com. You can check out my website if you like www dot L E S W O L F F Sports S P O R T S L L C dot com. Um, I'm on Twitter as Les Wolf Sports. I'm on Instagram, like I said, LinkedIn, whatever you like. Send me scans or pictures of anything. If you have any questions, if you want to know an approximate value, let me know. If you want to get your collection appraised, I'm also with the ISA, International Society of Appraisers. I can do appraisal work for you too. But even more, more so, you know, let's come, listen up here with Jeff and I, and we'd be happy to help you with anything. Actually, hopefully in the future, Jeff, we can do call-ins where people can actually call into us and ask us questions and we can happily answer any questions you have because this is not just a business to me. This is something I love. This is my life. Sports is my life and collecting is my life. Me too, Les. Thank you very much. I love talking to you. I'm sorry we don't we don't get you for another another two weeks, but we will we will, again we will talk about how to protect your collectibles in our uh, May 22nd uh, it, uh, show. That's in two weeks. Les, thank you very much. You thank have you, a good Jeff. good couple of weeks, and, and we'll talk to you on the 22nd. Sounds good. You be well. You thank too, you, every, all our listeners and everybody following us. Well, that was really interesting. Les, Les is very uh, knowledgeable, and uh, you know we we like to tap his brain. That's why we bring Les on the program. Uh, he will he's going to be on the show every other week uh, until until he gets sick of sick of us. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we were we're gonna uh, no no less next week, but the following week, which I believe is the twenty second of May, we're going to talk about how to protect your collectibles, which is really uh, a, a subject that I'm really interested in. So hopefully you enjoyed my time with, with Les Wolf. Uh, we're going to go right into uh, our contest. So Drew, when I when I do the contest, I just do a ta- I randomizer, and we had a lot of people. This is a two week contest. I just put all the guys' names in. I don't know. I probably had like. 30 or 40 guys that, that, that entered this contest, which is, which is pretty good, 
for for a contest we're we're running. We're giving away uh, Sam McDowell uh, autograph book. His new book is called uh, Sudden Sam. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, <laughs> the the, the it's, it's the the uh, trials and tribulations, the up and down, the the saga of the saga of uh, Sudden Sam. Sam McDowell. It's a great book. It's available on uh, Amazon. It, uh, I just got a copy of it from the publisher uh, yesterday. So we're just sending that off to Sam to get autographed to send out to our winner, who is our friend from South Dakota, Mr. Mike Kane. Wow. I was very happy to do that. We, Drew and I were joking what, about three or four weeks ago, right? That we didn't have any listeners from, from uh, South Dakota. And yep. Mike sent us a great email and said, hey, you guys got one right here. I'm, I'm from South Dakota. So, Mike, congratulations. It, you know, luck of the draw, my friend. We, we, I was very happy to see when, you, when your name came up. Sometimes, I, you know, we got a lot of guys, a lot of new listeners. And we had a lot of people that I didn't recognize the name. But when it came up, I was like, hey, I know my I know my cane is. <laughs> So, Mike, congratulations on winning the Sam McDowell book, and, and it'll be in, in your uh, mailbox in a couple of weeks as soon as I get it back from Sam. So, uh, again, and I want to thank Sam for donating and his publisher for donating the book and, and uh, signing the book for us. And, and Mike, uh, hopefully you enjoy your prize. Well, we, got a, we have a, a, a cool prize this week as well, don't we, Drew? Yes, we do. We're going to have artist Gilmore's book. You'll be hearing from him here in a bit, but uh, it's called Here Comes the A-Train. So we're going to have a copy of that to... Uh, raffle off here in this week's contest is unsigned copies so uh still bound to be a very good read i would think you can uh get in on this by sending your name and your mailing address to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com or you can text it to us on our text line that is 978-729-0662 yeah and if you win the book i'm sure artists will sign it for you just send it send it to him now he's great at ttming and i'm sure He'll sign it, but uh, I I got the book instead of getting it from directly from artists, we got it from his publisher. So we thank them for donating the book, and uh, we, you know we'll send off the book to you, and then you can have you can send it off to artists to sign. Um, and then uh, that kind of wraps up the contest for the week, and we're gonna go right into making the grade. Making the grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We've got some grading statistics for April. Uh, some of the, the leading grand companies were down, but they're still, we're still grading a lot of cards. PSA was down 16% over previous month. They had a record March. April, they graded 826,515 cards, which is almost a million cards if you look in my book. So that's pretty good for them. SGC was down 9%. They graded almost 100,000 cards, 94,000 cards. And then Beckett and CSG were up 4% each. Beckett graded 79,000 cards and CSG graded 61,000 cards. So uh, that's 800, 900, it's a million cards right there that, that were graded in the month of April, uh, which is great. We love to see when cards, graded cards get into the, the hobby. And, and I think it's great to see that kind of all the grading companies are kind of starting to, to run a, a, on all cylinders. It definitely is. I mean, you look at those numbers from CSG right there too. They are inching up pretty close behind Beckett right there in popularity. 
Yep, and there you, you should see their facility. I was I toured the facility back in in uh, March, and what a it's it's unbelievable how much uh, they've grown in in a year. You know, they've only been grading cards for a little more than a year, and uh, their their operation is really impressive. Uh, eBay's in the news right now. Uh, they have expanded their authenticity guarantee on cards sold for over two thousand dollars or more. They're doing some uh, authenticity work with that to try to make sure that. Uh, no one's getting duped by any fakes out there. They're also partnering with PSA on any of their high-end cards as well. So uh, sounds like that uh, program they started at the start of this year here with uh, kind of the authenticity guarantees and such has gone off very well. So we're expanding that even further now. Yeah, I mean, forgeries and fakes have, are, are increasing the problem with, in the industry and I, in the hobby. And I think it's great that eBay is behind it as one of the leading uh, sellers of cards, you know, with, as we, we we learned last week, they're they're selling a card every second, so they are selling a, a ton of cards, and, and it's good to see that they're protecting both the the buyer and the seller in, in this instance. And so uh, we're glad to see that they're uh, involved with uh, PSA for cards over two thousand dollars. Just want to let everyone know about our friends at DSG Grading. That's Diamond Service Grading. DSGgrading.com. They have a $5 coupon that is exclusive to TTM Cast listeners. The coupon code is 4HMUGTZG. I'll say it once more. Don't worry if you don't write it down uh, quick enough. It's available on our website. It's 4HMUGTZG. What you do is when you when you check out it with uh, Diamond Service Grading, DSGgrading.com, they will take $5 off every card you graded. That's exclusive for TTM Cast listeners. Uh, they have a cool service on their card. You just scan the QR code on the label. gives you a, views, a, a detail of why your card got the grade it did. They are still meeting their 30-day turnaround, which is impressive for a grading company. They've grown leaps and bounds. They have cool uh, era labels. They have all sorts of different options that you can get in, uh, get as well. Their standard uh, grade is $30 for a card, but it's $25 to you with the coupon code 4HMUGTZG. Check them out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. Drew, you got something or you want me to take it? I've got one. Yes, I was able to come up with one. So it was actually something I was thinking about earlier. So, uh, my stamp of approval goes to something that came uh, that happened about 15 years ago, and I'm just reading about again today. And it's this uh, Canadian guy who did what's called one red paperclip. I don't know if you or any listeners have ever heard of it, but what this guy did was through a series of trades in the span of a year, he started with a single red paperclip and eventually made all these trades to eventually end up getting a two-story house out of it. Didn't add anything. It was just whatever he traded that paperclip for was the next item. The next item he traded for something else. 14 trades across the span of a year, he gets this one red paper, which is an interesting concept to me because, I mean, we're here in a hobby that involves a lot of trading going on in there. I mean, there's always, you know, whether it's, you know, trading information, trading cards themselves, trading other memorabilia. And so it kind of got me to thinking, has anyone ever done this with cards at some point? Like start with a comment and try to work your way up to something. And I'm considering trying to do something like that with autographs at some point. I don't, I, I haven't really decided yet if I'm going to try this out or not, but I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting idea to me. And so two thumbs up for my stamp of approval goes to the guy who ran the one red paperclip experiment back in about 2005, I believe it was. Yeah, there's actually a guy that I follow on uh, TikTok and he's doing mm -hmm. it. And I've seen a couple other people. He's they're doing it with cards and 
um, it's a lot of work, my friend. You know, he I forget oh, yeah. what he started with. He started with, I think he might have started with five dollars or ten dollars and he bought a card and then he traded up he traded that card for another card and he's been trading it and he's been he's at like i don't know nine hundred eight ten or a thousand dollars worth of uh cash and then he's got like five or six cards in his bank and so he's going to shows and he so it's I don't know. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's something I'd like to try out. Just you know, see how far I can get with it. Yeah, basically. and this, this especially if I sold seems, something. This guy goes to. It seems to go to shows every weekend. So yeah, uh, but it's it's really interesting. But that that's kind of cool. And uh, I forget I, I forget what his name is, but he there is a guy on TikTok that that is doing it. It, nice. it is a kind of a cool concept. Well, I, I really like that. Well, my um, TCM cast stamper fool. This one's going out to my wife. My wife is featured in a, it's the magazine's called Woman's World. It's a national magazine. It's found everywhere. If you're in uh, Walmart or Target or any supermarkets, it's, uh, it's, it's there. And uh, she is on the cover with Dionne Warwick. And she is uh, featured in the story inside. And she has lost over 130 pounds uh, in 18 months. So she is um, kind of her, her, one of her things is that she, um, got involved with uh, this thing called fathead pizza because she loves pizza and it's a low carb uh, low calorie pizza uh, substitute and we have it a couple days a week because it's so it's so good you can put all sorts of um, toppings on it and uh, it's one it she she always had trouble dieting because she always loved pizza so much so she kind of found this substitute and she's she does um, she has a website uh, and a, a page on um, Instagram and on Facebook, it's called Mom's Low Carb, and go check it out. It, uh, she is, uh, you know, uh, she's on. Uh, her name's Paula, and she is uh, in on the cover of Women's World with Dion Warwick. So if you're in the in the store and you see it, um, see it on the, the shelf, pick it up. And she, she, uh, we actually put. It, I posted it the other day, and a couple of TTM guys were like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you to sign for her to sign it. So she will, she will definitely sign it. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool. And I'm very proud of her. Um, and you know, the, a couple of stores in our local area have sold out of them already. So uh, she's getting some nice pub and I want to congratulate Paula and uh, my wife. And, uh, she is on a uh, cover of woman's world magazine, which is a national magazine, which is pretty impressive in my mind. So that's my, uh, TTM cast stamp of approval for the week. Uh, and I'm so proud of Paula and check out woman's world magazine this, my, this week's issue. And, uh, it's the one with Dion Warwick on the cover, and my wife is in kind of the the front left corner of the the cover, and then there's a story on her inside. So check that out. Um, well, that wraps up our TTM cast stamp of approval, and we're gonna go right into the Vern Ratman. <laughs> Well, Drew, I need oxygen. We're just talking and talking to. We've got a lot of content, guys. Uh, and we're, we're so happy to talk to you guys. This week, uh, Vern Rapp Minute, of course, is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rapp, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. So we kind of we let people know 
who passed away in the world of celebrity and sports and politics. Uh, so you're not um, embarrassed by sending out ETM requests to people that are no longer with us. So uh, this one, this one's kind of near and dear to me, and I think you as well. We lost Rick Parnell. Rick was the drummer on Spinal Tap, which was, uh, they were huge in what, the 90s, Drew? Is that, oh no, 70s? When did they start? Somewhere around, yeah, seven, late 70s into the kind of mid 80s, I think, somewhere in that Yeah, range. I mean, I remember the movie. The movie was was funny, and then they had, they had, you know, I think they put on an album and they were, they were pretty famous. They were, they were, uh, they went really viral before there was a, a viral, right? They were, right. it kind of came out of nowhere, but Rick Parnell was the drummer for Spinal Tap and uh, he was 70 years old. It's kind of like the first mockumentary that came out. Yeah. Really, it seems like, yeah. Um, another one from the world of uh, entertainment, specifically music, uh, Naomi Judd. Uh, her family announced this week that she uh, lost her battle with uh, mental illness is what was the way they put it. But she was a 76 Grammy-winning country singer. Of course, the entire Judd family is absolutely huge in the country music world. So a major loss right there. Yeah, we also lost in the comic book world. This, this gentleman was very famous in the, in the comic book world. My, my son's a huge comic book guy. And when I mentioned this guy's name, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely know him. His name is Neil Adams. He was a comic book artist. He really resurrected Batman. He worked for Marvel and for DC. Uh, and he was he was a player in the comic book world. He was 80 years old. Uh, one from the football world, Clayton Wisehoon. He was a, an inside linebacker for the Patriots and the Packers. Played for them from 1982 to 1987. Uh, died at age 62 this week. Uh, Jeff, we were talking before the show there about uh, trying to see if he had any cards or anything. He didn't have any cards, but he was in the 1984 Tops uh, sticker set. So he had a sticker in the album there that year. But that's uh, that's the only one that he was on at any point. But yeah, uh, six-year NFL veteran died at 62 this week. Yeah, he was really popular here. He was he was he was he was kind of one of those like a working man's linebacker. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was he he was he wasn't certainly wasn't a star, but he was really he was he was very popular here. Uh, and then we lost uh, Mike Haggerty. You might not recognize the name. Mike played uh, Mr. Trigger on Friends. I, I, Friends is on like a million times a day on Nickelodeon, on TBS. Um, he's the guy with the, the bushy mustache. He was the, um, the superintendent in the, in the apartment building. He was also on Seinfeld and a bunch of other um, comedy shows in kind of the 90s, his character actor. And uh, Mike Haggerty, he was 67 years old. Well, that wraps up um, Burn Rap Minute for the for the week. We uh, our condolences go out to the friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk TTM returns. Out with the old and in with the new. Collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just five dollars per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. Well, guys, before we get into TTM returns, um, we had a, a really interesting letter from um, an email from one of our, our listeners, the new listener. Um, his name is Mike G. He's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, he does he he does the um he does a lot of in person autograph he gets autographs at the uh, Albuquerque Isotope Games he lives in Albuquerque and he's just kind of getting into TTM and uh, sometimes we forget that that you know Drew and I have been doing this now for a while and we're kind of you know, everything's kind of 
don't know, jaded, right? We 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 know how to send letters. We know how to <laughs> do all do all the other the other stuff. Um, and we just want to cover something that's new, right? Let people, you know, somebody that that's been doing it new to the hobby. And uh, Mike asked, um, he says, "I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to know how to write a letter to a player uh, to ask them to sign." And he said, "What sort of wording or emphasis should I be putting put in it? Uh, should it be a, a personal matter based on um, making it unique for everyone's request, or should he send out? Uh, should he be phony about it and just say he's a huge fan uh, and?" Should he be for, uh, be forward about and ask them if they're autograph collectors? So, Drew, I don't, I don't know about you, but I am. I'm always honest. That's the number one thing. When you send out a when you send out a letter, I'm always honest. I never, you know, if I'm not collecting for myself, if I'm get, uh, getting getting an extra card for you or a friend of mine, I'll mention that I include two cards and one of them's going to a friend. I, you know, if I, if if I think I'm going to sell it, which I never sell, I would say that I say, you know, it's my personal collection. I try to be as honest as I can in my uh, letter. If, if I have a story to tell people, I, I tell them a story that's pertinent and related that that's pertinent to me. Um, what's your thought on, on just your, your letter to the guys? I'm hoping you still hear me right now. My computer just crashed. Yeah, we got you. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cause I have a completely black screen in front of me, but it looks like the camera is still running and everything here. So uh, we'll do whatever we can. I'll do the best I can with this and hopefully we'll get it back running. But yeah, honesty is the best way to go about it. I mean, whenever I write a letter, I try to say right off the bat, right off the top, you know, Hey, thanks for taking a moment to, re to read my letter. Um, I've been a lifelong sports fan and such and try to, you know, explain why I'm interested in writing to them. Like for example, if they played for, you know, a Cleveland team or something like that, that, you know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of all the Cleveland teams. If it's an older player, I might mention the fact that if they played alongside or against uh, George Brunette, who was a pitcher back in the 60s, who lived next door to my dad in the offseason back when my dad was a kid, I might bring up something like that. I'll mention, you know, just I've got family that's, you know, fan that's, that are fans of a certain team if they played for them. Anything like that. I mean, any reason I can think of for, okay, why would I want this person's autograph? And just, you know, be completely honest about it. You know, even if it's somebody you hate, you can say, well, hey, they were a tough competitor or something like that. So it's like, yeah, be honest, be positive and just try to, you know, just do everything like that. I mentioned in there all the time. I say, you know, enclosed a couple of cards that I'm hoping you could sign for me. I collect autographs and I'd like to add some from you to my collection. And boom, there you go. And if you do just something like that, you can easily get at least like a half a page, maybe even a full page out of it. And that's more than enough. All right. Well, Mike has a three parter. So we're going to, you know, I, I, we, we had. We uh, held this for a couple, excuse me, a couple of weeks. Uh, his second part is that uh, you mentioned putting cards in top loaders. And are you worried about the autograph smudging if a player puts it in the sleeve before it dries? Is that something that you're concerned with? Um, I don't use top loaders, actually, whenever I send. I send my cards totally, totally naked, uncovered. And of 2,300 successes in my lifetime, I've had maybe 10 comeback damage. So... I've actually heard of more envelopes getting ripped up because machines will end up catching the top loader there and ripping the envelope to shreds. So because of that, I don't use them at all. And I've still had decent success. Don't have to worry about smudging that way. You don't have to worry about a player accidentally signing the sleeve or the top loader or something like that. So that works out really well for me. Yeah, I do use top loaders. And, um, you know, every once in a while, I, I, I really I really get um, miffed if 
the guy doesn't put my card back in the top loader and they just send me the card and not in my top loader. But, you know, every once in a while, it, it will get smudged because they'll put it in wet. And um, if I if, if it's something that I really care about, and I usually send it doubles or triples of a card anyway, I'll, I'll send it back and say, hey, you know, thanks for signing, but the, it got smudged. Can you re-sign it? Nine times out of ten, it isn't a problem. And it really hasn't been a problem in the, in the long run. And then his last question, he says, he, he says a bit long-winded. So here's the last question. He says he uses Harvey's uh, mail address list, which is, is sportsaddress.com. Uh, you can purchase those. Um, he said, can you recommend any other sources, paper or otherwise, uh, that could be very helpful? Or is uh, the Harvey's list still adequate? And I would say Harvey's list is fine. You pay for it. Our Harvey, I've used it before in the past. I'm sure you have, Drew. Harvey stands behind it. If you have a, an error or, or address changes, you can ask Harvey and he'll tell you. If he's got an updated address, he'll send you an address. Uh, the updated address. He sends out um, new. He sends out updates all the time. Uh, I think it's a good product. Um, I think we, you and I, have kind of both outgrown that, grown it. Uh, I don't use it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Not because of the effectiveness it's just that for 15 dollars a year i can go on sportscollectors.net and for free i can go on sportsguideforum.com and basically get all the same information and it's um totally current it's up you know we know you get the signing habits of guys that second you know what their what their signing habits are right away um and then what's the other one the the what's the other one that the uh celebrity oh, star tiger Star Tiger. Star Tiger. Star Tiger is the other one. So those are kind of the three. Star Tiger. How much is Star Trek Tiger? Like $49 or something? I think that one's like 25 or 30 for a full year or something like that. They also have yeah. like single month options as well. I think you can get like a single month for $6 or something like that if you just want to, if you only have like a couple you want to look up real quick or something. Is there any other ones that you, you meant that you use that I didn't mention? Those are the biggest ones right there. I mean, sportscollectors.net and sports card form are the ones that I'm most active on. Uh, my friend Aubrey, who I've mentioned before, who's uh, kind of a uh, new to the hobby and everything, she's got a Star Tiger membership, and all of those work really well. I love Harvey's lists. Um, the big thing with Harvey's list, though, is that it's all you're getting really out of that is the addresses and such. You don't get any info as to whether this guy actually will sign. Whereas a lot of the websites like that, you'll get the address and info on whether they sign and so many more things. I mean, with like Sports Card Forum, they have an entire forum dedicated to all things collectibles. With a sportscollectors.net, you can break it down by set, by team, by all kinds of different things on there. It's an easy way to keep track of things like my uh, the sets I'm working on. I can track them all easily through there. Uh, with Star Tiger, you know, you're getting everything from the world of not just sports, but celebrity, politics, you name it, it's on there. So I like Harvey's stuff, but you're getting addresses and that's about it. I, I personally like having a little bit extra info. Right. The only thing that with Harvey is that you there are some addresses there um, that you might not have on on the online sites. But, you know, you can put in a guy's name and as long as it's not uh, Jim, Jim Smith, you know, you can usually find his mailing address uh, on white pages or one of those other one of the other sites. So um, if as long as you're not don't mind doing a little homework, uh, you can find a guy's name and address um even a guy that has kind of a common name they usually the white pages and some of these other sites will give you uh, how old these the guy is or some mm -hmm. demographics on it and you can usually match it up by any of the other sites and say oh well, this guy was born in in 1945 so he's this is how old he should be 
Um, and it's usually pretty good if, if there's a guy that for some reason isn't in one of the, uh, you know, sportscollectors.net or sportsguide forum, you can find them there. But if they're not in one of the two uh, online sites, then they're probably not signing. Yeah. And the great thing with white pages too, I mean, that's how I did almost all of my indoor soccer stuff was through white pages. And you mentioned, you know, it'll have their uh, typically kind of an age range on there. It also will tell like, you know, wife and kids and stuff. You can see, okay, well, what names are associated with this person through white pages compare with Wikipedia and say, okay, what's, uh, what's his wife's name say on Wikipedia. Okay. It matches up with this person's matched on here. It'll mention places they've lived as well. So like, for example, just looking at a card right here, I've got Jamie Holland. He lives in North Carolina, but, you know, he played in uh, with the LA Raiders. He played with the uh, San Diego Chargers, the Cleveland Browns. He went to Ohio State. It'll tell on there, you know, previously they've lived in this area, this area, this area. So like Jamie Holland, for example, if I were to just look up his address there and let's say there are like four Jamie Hollands all in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, I'd try to find the one that, you know, has lived in California, that has lived in Ohio. And it's like, all right, that's 90% chance that that's him. Right. And, and you have sometimes you have to look and sometimes they have they'll have a son or a father and they might be a, might be a junior or a senior and, and uh, just make sure you send to the right one. So, Mike, I hope we, we, we uh, answered all your questions. We really enjoy having you as a listener on the show. Uh, we thank you the, again. This is Mike G from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And guys, keep on uh, sending your questions. Send it to ttmcast.yahoo.com. And Drew and I will do the best to either answer your questions directly on email or on the show. And we, these were kind of, um, you know, beginner questions that we, we don't address that often that we wanted to address on the show. So let's talk about returns, our TTM returns for the week. Drew, I know you only had a couple, but why don't you take your, uh, your, your couple of returns for the week? Yeah, with my computer crashing like this, I'm kind of glad that uh, it's only two, because if I had a whole list of them, I'd be completely forgetting them right now and saying, hey, give me half an hour to restart this thing here. But uh Fortunately, the uh, ones I got back, uh, I got uh, Dwayne Thomas, who, of course, was a running back for the Dallas Cowboys back in the 70s, had a really big year and then just kind of disappeared after that, just uh, got out of end up uh, out of football after a while. I think he may have been in the World Football League for a little bit. Yeah, didn't he? He got he ended up with the Patriots for a year or two. Didn't he got to get traded? To I think he might have. I know he was with the Redskins for a little bit. He may have ended up, up with the Patriots there for a bit. Yeah, but uh Mostly famous as a cowboy there, but uh, he's uh, fortunately signed through an address in Phoenix, I believe, is where I sent this off to, but very good signer there, at least. Uh, also got the voice of Homer Simpson, Dan Castellaneta, on a, a custom index card. Don't! That, <laughs> exactly. Sent to him through his uh, talent agency that he works, uh, that he uh, books everything through out in California. So uh, got my custom index card signed right there. Uh, picked up a purchase off eBay, got a Hayden Cantrell for the uh, 2021 Topps Heritage Miners set. And uh, my friend Paul Buxton, who uh, I believe, I think he may have been on the show here at one point. He was. The yeah, he was a Seattle Kraken. Exactly. He's the, he's the big Seattle Kraken guy. He is. Yeah, helped get them uh, do a lot to really kind of get things going up there with all that. But uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've been trading hockey autographs for years. And I put out on Facebook and Twitter and a couple of places a couple of weeks ago saying, I need to find Japanese stamps. Can anybody help me with this? Because I've, I've got, you know, six guys who are in the heritage sets. They're playing over in Japan this year. He says, dude, I've actually got six Japanese stamps here that my cousin sent me that I really don't have like a huge use for right now. They're all yours. And so he sent them to me and I'll be mailing off these uh, requests to Japan here this week. I've got uh, Tyler Chatwood and Freddie Galvis of the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. I'll be sending off uh, Jose Marmolejos of the Tohoku, Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles. Renato Nunez of the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. 
the uh, Tokyo Yakult Swallows have Jose Ozuna, and uh, Gregory Polanco is with the Yomiuri Giants. So we give those guys a try and see what happens. Drew, I think maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll do a uh, international mail cool thing. Sounds uh, good to me. You're, you're, you're the king of that, and you actually got me going for, for Canada, but I think that's a good one to, to address again. So we'll, we'll talk about how to mail internationally because Drew, I think he's done – probably 50 different countries he he's the he's the best at it so that's pretty good thanks drew um i got i got I think i got 15 returns this week so my uh my the fr- fruits of my labor are starting to pay off i sent out another uh eight or ten again this week so i'm trying to stick to my 10 a week but uh, let me run down my returns quickly because i know we've had a long show this week and uh drew's getting hungry it's just about dinner time so yeah. <laughs> well i got john jefferson on a 1980 tops card he signed in a Black Sharpie. All of these were less than two weeks. These are quick turnarounds. I got Dan Dort Dedorf, who was a Hall of Famer with the Cardinals tackle. He he wrote Hall of Fame 1996. I know he requests uh, he requires a donation usually. I did did not send a donation, so he did sign it and return it to me. Um, I find if you send just one one card to some of these guys, they will they will sign it. Not by the blue, but some of these other guys will <laughs> every once in a while will will do it. I didn't realize. I honestly didn't realize that he didn't. He required a, a donation until after I sent it out, but it was I sent the 1980 card and he, he signed it for me in black sharpie. I got Virgil Livers, who was a cornerback for the Chicago Bears. These are all 1980 tops cards. He signed it in pen with his number, and these again a couple weeks. I got Brian Kelly, who was a linebacker with the New York Giants. He signed it nice blue sharpie, uh, and I got that one back. I got uh, Kenny Houston who is a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Fame safety. He played for the Houston Oilers and the Washington Redskins and uh, played 14 years in the league. And uh, I sent a $5 donation. I think, I'm sorry. I think I sent $10 for this one. He signed a nice blue Sharpie with a Hall of Fame in 86. And uh, I'm, I was happy to add that to my collection. We've got Phil Villapiano, who's a linebacker for the Raiders. Uh, on a 1980 Tops card, he signed his name and his number, 44. That was a pretty quick turnaround. I got uh, Gary Fen- uh, Fennick, who played for the – it's a safety for the Chicago Bears, and uh, he signed his 1980 Tops card for me. And I got Ike Harris from the Saints, who's a wide receiver, and he signed his name in, in uh, Blue Sharpie with his number. Very happy to get that back. And I got Kellen Winslow Sr., who is the Hall of Fame tight end. He signed his name and Hall of Fame – 1995 i think i'm looking at it and uh this was this was with a ten dollar donation so i'm very happy to add that one to my collection got some basketball i got i got um jamal wilkes who's a hall nba a hall of famer he played for the lakers he signed his 1979 80 card and his 1980 81 card uh the 80 81 card he signed he did not personalize the 79 80 card he did personalize which is fine i did not send a donation for him I got uh, Jim Zorn on a 1980 Tops card. He signed uh, with a, a, a Bible verse, uh, and he signed in blue sharpie. Uh, and that I got to, just got that one back. And I got uh, Reggie Theus, Reggie Theus, who played for the Chicago Bulls on his 1979 80 card, which I think is his rookie card. He signed it in blue sharpie. I believe I sent it to um, UNLV. I think he's a coach at UNLV, and I think I sent it directly to UNLV so I'm, I was uh, I got that back and then lastly I got a 1983 flare um, 
card of Ron Kittle, who was the 1983 Rookie of the Year. He uh, charges for his 1983 Topps card, but he doesn't charge for his 83 Flair card. So I did not send a donation. And uh, all these were, were pretty quick returns. Uh, I think uh, Kellen Winslow was, was a, a quick return. Um, there was one guy I waited for a little, but... Uh, oh, Reggie Theus. Reggie Theus was probably maybe a month and a half. But all the other ones were really quick returns. So I got... Um, I had picked up, I think I told everyone at the Shriner show a couple weeks ago, I picked up a bunch of 1980 football cards to cheap. I picked up like, I don't know, 75 to a hundred cards for like $20. And I just went through and, and I found all the guys that were signing TTM and I've been, I sent off like 50 of them to get signed. So they're all starting to kind of filter in. And I, I think it's really cool when you can find like a, a stack of cards like that and just get a bunch of TTMers. Don't you, Drew? It is. Yeah, I love going through. Like I said, there's. I've mentioned before at the Dallas show, there's a guy there who has a whole bunch of kind of lower conditioned 60s and 70s stuff. 50 cents a card, and usually the more you buy, the cheaper it's going to get. He'll knock off further discounts, everything. And yeah, I mean, I will stand there at that table with uh, sportscollectors.net open. It's like, okay, found this whole stretch of guys from the 1966 top set. Let's open it up and see, okay, who signs from the 66 top set and go ahead and, you know, pull out any of the guys that sign and put them aside and mail them off. And yeah, that works really well being able to do it like that. Cool. Well, guys, that wraps up our TTM returns for the week. Again, we have a, a, a long show this week, so hopefully you're enjoying all our content. Uh, when we come back, we are going to have uh, an interview, our interview with Mr. Artist Gilmore. Artist Gilmore, of course, is uh, a basketball hall of famer. He played in the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels. He played with the Chicago Bulls, the San Antonio Spurs. He finished his career with the Boston Celtics. He's a top 75 NBA player. He's a great TTMer. He's written a new book. It's called Here Comes the A Train. And we're going to talk about his book, about his career. We talk about autographs and signing TTM. And we talk about his appearance on The White Shadow, one of my favorite shows from the 70s. So uh, stick around for my interview with Mr. Artis Gilmer. But here's first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Out with the old and in with the new collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. Welcoming to the show is NBA Hall of Famer. He got elected to the NBA Hall of the, sorry, the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame, right? In 2011, he played 18 professional seasons from 1971 to 1988 with Kentucky, Chicago, San Antonio, and the Celtics. He's an 11-time All-Star. He was the 1971-72 ABA MVP and Rookie of the Year. He was a member of the 1975 Kentucky ABA Championship. I'm talking about, of course, the A-Train. Mr. Artis Gilmore, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you so yeah. much. You know what? We only have so much time, and, and you have such a long resume of accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. I, I we spend half the time talking about your accomplishments. But uh, you know what I'd really like to talk about is, um, you know, I, we met at the um, Legends of Basketball event in Naples, and it was a really uh, fun event in terms of 
um, a lot of young kids were there. They know we were talking to the young kids and, and uh, getting them in the right direction. Did you have any mentors as a youngster in, in basketball, as you know, coach, or even as a young player when when you turned professional? Well, when I turned pro, uh, yes, uh, my mentors were the veteran players, you know, who was on the club, and especially with the uh, uh, the uh, Kentucky Colonels. Um, you know, of course, Dan Issel was uh, just one year in front of me, but we had guys like Walt Simon, Cincy Powell, Les Hunter, and just uh, numerous other guys that was veteran players who had been there for a while, sort of uh, uh, pointed me in the, in the uh, appropriate direction. What did, they, what did they teach you? Did they teach you how to um, keep yourself uh, fit and training, or did they teach you the ins and outs of how to travel, how to manage your money? What you know, what is what are the, some of the things that that the veteran players uh, helped you with? Well, the veteran players staying out of trouble at that time. You know, my my wife and I, uh, I of course, I got married a, a year later, and we are preparing in, in July to celebrate our fiftieth anniversary of uh, our wedding anniversary. So, Congratulations. You know, the, the, the most important thing during that time was to, you know, to stay focused in and 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 the um, uh, that environment uh, of basketball and understanding the uh, the, um, uh, the the importance of it. You know, it was it was a game, but it was a job and responsibilities and things that come uh, came along with it. You just had such great success as a rookie. Uh, was the transition from college to a the ABA professional difficult for you? Well, uh, the transition, yes. Uh, coming from nothing to being able to have uh, a nice apartment and have a you know, a nice car. Those things were, I mean, that was certainly a huge uh, transition for me. Uh, I don't think I had ever had a, a suit where I wore a tire. <laughs> In fact, uh, my freshman year and at Gardner Webb, I had a dear friend of mine. He actually taught me how to tie my first tie. So uh, that was uh, a very different uh, environment and uh, a different experience altogether, moving into trying to transition from the collegiate level into profession. Now, how about transitioning from the ABA to the NBA when the ABA uh, folded and merged into the NBA? Was there a transition for you from ABA to NBA ball? Well, uh, I think it was the only transition was we, we, we really struggled my first year in Chicago. And so I took a, there was a lot of negative uh, things that was happening because we lost uh, I think 13 straight ball games, and that was approaching a record for the first time. But you know, the the uh, the Bulls had only won 24 ball games the year before I arrived, and then of course we drafted our first round draft choice from college was Scott May, and he was not available. And then we try and put together a group of individuals, and we were able to very. Uh, become successful at the end of the season or, or the turn after the, uh, uh, after the all-star break. But we turned the program around and we was able to compete and, and play a, a, a first round 
a series against the Trailblazers who ended up winning the, uh, the championship that year. Who gave you the nickname A-Train? Well, it came about because of display of power and, and, and the strength that I use on the court. So uh, then all of a sudden, one of the announcers came up with, uh, you know, now starting at center, the A-Train. And so it just sort of was really catchy and it, it caught on and, and I became the A-Train. You wore number 53 in your professional career. Was that to have a special meaning? Why did you pick 53 or that was just kind of the number you got and you stuck with it? Well, I had a, a numerous amount, numerous numbers from high school, uh, 32. And, and then when I uh, arrived at, uh, at one time in, in, in high school, as I was starting off at 15 and then I had 32 at the end of, and then of course I wanted, uh, I requested number uh, 32 but one of the upperclassmen had 32 and said, well, that was not going to allow that to happen when I arrived at Gardner Webb. So uh, I was, uh, I took the next number, which was 54. So I took 54. And then, so during my departure from uh, Gardner Webb to uh, Jacksonville, I requested number 52. But of course, Roger Strickland, who was one of the great players in the early years for Jacksonville, University, and they retired the number. And so then I moved from 52, that idea of 52 to 53. And 53 became um, myself uh, in every way, Artie Skillmore, number 53. Were you superstitious at all when you were playing? Did you, with the things that you, you had to do or, or, or um, you know, you, you weren't going to have a successful game or successful years, were you superstitious at all? Well, I should have been because my mother was very superstitious. She talked about the, of course, there was a limited amount of uh, education in my family. My mother, I think, maybe had a second grade education, and my father had none whatsoever. And so uh, there was things they talked about uh, in the family history, uh, like superstitious things, you know. Is always a black cat never cross in front of you. No, those type of little things, but yep. certainly not something that affected me to the point that I carried throughout my life. And and I was concerned about as far as uh, 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 superstition. You um you won a championship with the 1975 Kentucky team, an ABA championship. Was that the best team you played on? Well, I don't know if that was the best team, but that was the most successful team that we ended up. I mean, you 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 measure uh, your accomplishment mostly by success, and uh, you know, think in terms of all the things that I accomplished, uh, it was not enough to uh, allow me to be one of the top seventy-five players in in the NBA's history. So. Uh, uh, that particular year, winning the championship in 1975 was a mark and, and a great piece of history. And uh, certainly I always remember the fact that so many other guys who played and, and, and have never won a championship. I, you know, I look at Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson, his last year playing, he played with the Milwaukee Bucks and Lou Alcindor. And uh, they won a championship. And, and after that, you know, you would assume that he came back out all those years. He never came back, but he won that championship. And they can always uh, have 
you think in terms of all the individual success that Oscar Robinson had over his career, uh, but he will always have the accomplishment of winning the championship with uh, Lou Alcindor at the time before he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. I mean, you look at Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley and Carl Malone and John Stockton and all the great guys. There's a lot of guys that never had a chance to play on a championship team. Right. Yeah. You look at, yeah, Charles Barkley ended up going to Houston, hoping that they was going to get that last uh, and, and Stockton knocked him out with the last second jumper in the corner. And, and of course, Carl Malone goes to, uh, goes to the, uh, the Lakers, you know, hoping that one last shot at the end of his career that he have a chance to uh, get that championship. And, and of course, very similar to me, I was, you know, my last year, half of the year, I was with Boston with the Celtics and, and with, uh, of course, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, the great, and, and uh, uh, Robert Parrish and those individuals, and thinking that we had one last shot. We knocked off everybody. Uh, Doc Rivers and, and Atlanta Hawks was, and Dominique Wilkins was a, uh, just an incredible series uh, to watch for the most part on the bench. Uh, but uh, it, we were we got knocked off. We were knocked off by uh, Detroit. They went on. They, they lost to, to the Lakers. And the Lakers ended up winning back-to-back championships. And then, uh, of course, uh, uh, the... the uh, Detroit, the Pistons came back and win back to back as well. And then that's when Michael Jordan and his group took over. But uh, the championships were, were you, you have to, it was important that you had the right combination of athletes and players on the team. And of course, we, we were liking um, those individuals. Um, it, in order to, to possibly even have a chance at winning a uh, uh, um, a championship is a must that you have at least three Hall of Famers on your team. And of course, we uh, when I played in Chicago, uh, Chet Walker ended up being a, a Hall of Famer, but he was he left the year that I arrived. So, and, and of course, uh, Jerry Sloan was a Hall of Famer, I think. As a, I know as a coach, but I, I'm, I'm sure he was. Uh, selected as a Hall of Famer, but he uh, uh, was expecting to come back and play as my teammate, but unfortunately he did not, uh, it was, uh, his health did not allow him uh, from an injury, uh, did not allow him to return as a, as a player. So uh, those things uh, uh, was, was, was pretty special. Uh, and. Uh, and uh, it just uh, happened. It just turned out a little different. Yep. Now you played with George Gervin in San Antonio. Uh, was he one of your yeah. favorite teammates? George Gervin was absolutely one of my uh, favorite teammates, and uh, we've, we've maintained a, uh, just a close uh, connection relationship o- over the years. And uh, um, same with uh, uh, Julia Servin. We have uh, maintained a, a good relationship over the years as well. But uh, yes, playing with George was really, really an awful lot of fun and, and a great way to uh, play. Unfortunately, we weren't. Uh, we were eliminated by uh, the Lakers in, in a in a in, in a series, a championship series. Of course, they went on and they lost to Moses Malone and uh, and Dr. J and Julius. Uh, the the, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers won the championship that year. 
Yep. Oh, now, um, people uh, wax poetically about the ABA. Do you have any um, arenas that you really enjoyed playing in the ABA and, and maybe a, a story or two about the ABA you can tell us? Well, uh, it, it was it was just a, a tremendous experience. And, and of course, there, there was no rules. We, we didn't have any endorsements individually. And uh, you look back and uh, there was no, uh, uh, not that much media exposure that, that the NBA was very good at suppressing any kind of exposure for the ABA because it was competing. And uh, uh, it turned out that uh, we had uh, 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 some, some, some really, really great times, especially when the championship in, in Louisville, uh, Louisville was uh, just an outstanding city. Uh, to host uh, uh, NBA, uh, well, uh, ABA franchise, and of course we played in uh, cities like little small cities like uh, Cincinnati, and we played in Lexington. It sort of split it up a little bit, but uh, we were because of the lack of exposure, uh, and we played at Freedom Hall, which was a really, really nice place to play, uh, but. Uh, you know, because of the lack of exposure, we were not able to excel and get the kind of a really true national recognition that was well, well deserving uh, to the ABA as well as uh, the Kentucky Garland. Now, when you were when you were playing the ABA, I'm sure you had a bullseye on your your back, so to speak, against the the uh, opponents, right? And when you went in, went into a gym, they were they were shooting for you. Is there any uh, ABA fan base that you particularly enjoyed beating? Well, uh, it, it was uh, when we first started off, of course, uh, uh, Dr. J. Julius Irvin had gone to Virginia Squires, and there was always a good series between us there. And then later when he went to uh, New York, that was a great series. Uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, San Antonio playing against uh, uh, the Iceman, George Gervin, before, after he had left from Virginia Squires and went to uh, uh, San Antonio, arriving in San Antonio, is, uh, and, and certainly create all the history that he created there. But uh, uh, that was always a good matchups between teams in the in the, uh, in the ABA, and uh, certainly uh, Denver was one of the toughest places to play because of the high altitude and David Thompson. But uh, that was always a good series, good matchups. Did you have any teammates that you enjoyed playing with in terms of that they made you better, that they got you the ball in the right place, that that you knew that that you were going to have a, a great night when when this this person was on the you know, point guard or forward that you really that really uh, made uh, made your game even better? Yeah, well, uh, Dan Issel uh, had the the ability to play on. Uh, we played uh, high low uh, box. He was good at shooting from the perimeter. And they stretch the floor like the like the players today, you know they are excellent shooting behind uh, shooting from behind the three point arc, and they stretch the floor, forcing that defense to go out and, and compete. And so when I had an isolated play and able to play on the box and and they get the ball into me before they any kind of a double team, I just make a quick move and take it to the basket. And so uh, yes, uh, playing with the uh, the colonels, as well as George Gervin, who was a great uh, perimeter shooter. And he was able to st stretch the floor, forcing the defense to come out and 
and contest. And so, um, yes, those situations made it very good, uh, good play. And, and of course, uh, Chicago, um, Reggie Pierce was a, a good perimeter. He shot pretty well from the perimeter and allowed to stretch the floor as well. Uh, so, yes, those were good situations. We're speaking with Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore, of course, is a member of the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. He was elected in 2011. He played 18 seasons in the ABA and NBA with Kentucky, Chicago Bulls, the San, uh, San Antonio Spurs, and the Boston Celtics. He's an 11-time All-Star. He was a 1971-72 ABA Rookie of the Year and MVP and was a member of the 1975 Kentucky Champion, uh, ABA Champion, Kentucky Colonels. He has also written a new book. And his book is, uh, I'm going to get the title here. I want to get yeah. it right. <laughs> right here. <laughs> here comes the A-Train. Here comes That's the A-Train. Right. It is available yeah. on Amazon. Uh, Artis, why did you de decide to write the book? Well, like so many uh, others, uh, you know, when you start writing a book, then after you think you've completed it, and then there's always things that you left out that you wanted to include. And, uh, but I was writing this book certainly as kind of a memory to, uh, for, for my young kids to be able to experience and, and, and read about uh, because, you know, your kids really, as your kids, they say, oh, you know, you're just dead. But for them to be able to read about some of the things that I experienced personally, you know, and that history to be there in writing it has uh, uh, truly a significant meaning for me and for them to leave something for them in the way of history. Do you have a fond, fondest moment on the basketball court? So it doesn't have to be, you know, when you won the championship, maybe when you hit a milestone or were there for a specific uh, historic event or just something that, that, um, you know, pops in your mummy and memory when every once in a while, do you have a fondest memory on the court? Oh, oh absolutely. When I scored 20,000 points, I got my 20,000 point ball and, and, and engraved in a little case in the front room. And uh, uh, that was just an incredible milestone. And uh, of course, uh, uh, going, playing in Los Angeles at, uh, was always a great place to play and fun and, and, and was really always nice to play in New York. It was fun. Uh, a place to play, of course, for my family and, and, and individuals to come and, and visit uh, uh, was a great time. I, one of my listeners asked me to ask you this question. Uh, his name's Daryl Burns, and he asked me if you remember hitting a three-pointer that you made in Memphis in 1975 that was a buzzer beater at the end of the quarter. Do you remember that moment? <laughs> I should. Uh, that, that's the reason I probably I should have uh, included that in the book, but no, no, I, I do not. But uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, that, that's always the point. Watching, I was watching an NBA game uh, uh, last night, I guess, in, against Boston and and uh, watching the, the young kid turn around and make a, a basket, just be, be able to react uh, against the, uh, the Nets and just put it in right on the buzzer. To beat the uh, to beat the Nets, um, those type things are surely uh, resurrect memories. Uh, having an opportunity, to, I remember being on the foul line uh, against the team and having to make two foul shots as the clock. And I was uh, I 
I actually shot foul shots pretty good, but uh, to be on the line with no time on the clock and having to make uh, a couple of foul shots was a big deal. So, and I was able to execute that and make it happen. We're speaking with Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore is a member of the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. He got elected in 2011. He played 18 seasons in professional basketball, including Kentucky, Chicago, San Antonio, and finished his career with Boston Celtics. He's an 11-time All-Star. He was a 1971-72 ABA Rookie of the Year and MVP and a member of the 1975 Kentucky Colonel Championship team. He has written a new book that is available on Amazon. Yeah. And it is called Here Comes the A-Train. Here Comes the A-Train. It is a uh, kind of a summary of summation of, of his uh, life in professional basketball. And I, it's a great read. You can pick it up on Amazon. Uh, Artis, just a couple more questions and I'll let you go because I really appreciate your time today. And honestly, I could spend like five hours talking to you because, yeah, because okay. you have so many great stories. Um I'm a, I'm a huge Celtic fan being from Boston area. Uh, just tell me a little about your time with the Celtics and, and playing with, with Bird, McHale, and Parrish. Oh, that was a really, really great time, except for at the end of the ball game and when the press came in, I certainly was made, tried to make sure that I was as far away from uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and uh, Danny Ainge's his locker. I wanted to be on the other side because they would have at least 20 members from the press walking in and trying to crush my toes. And, and so, but it was a great experience. For the first time, I really had a chance to, to play with a, a team that really understood. They, uh, they had a great understanding of what it takes to win. And uh, most of the organizations, that you know, I worked for before. I, I don't know if they 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 understood. You you have to invest in in, in your your organization to make it successful. If your desire is to win, uh, be uh, competitive to a championship level, you just can't put a halfway team together and and it goes from the top, the top all the way down to the to the players they have to understand that and that was my experience with the uh the the celtics um and larry bird and kevin McHale and robert Parrish. uh they they've been there and they know what it to take and they took to to be successful and uh to, to have a little bit but of course it happened to be at the end of end of my career that was the last place i played well you've done a lot of work with dropping or Scott Tarter and his his uh, team have done a, a great job. Tell us a little about your role in, in helping uh, former ABA former ABA players and dropping dimes. Org. Well, it, it's great. I watch Scott Tarter and, and the things that him personally just organizing the amount of work that he's put into it. And uh, I, I watched so many of uh, guys. One, one of my teammates, uh, uh, Bird Everett. Uh, who was a really, really great player and, and, and great healthy guy. And you watch him deteriorate and just have some really bad luck and, and watch him kind of fade away and but dropping down, go able to step up and help him. Uh, guys like Ron Thomas and so many, many others that uh, dropping down uh, just uh, has stepped up. And, you know, you would have think 
that the NBA would have uh, had uh, taken some responsibility by at least providing the pension for the, for those guys, and you know they've denied been denied that portion of the pension when the leagues merged. Uh, that was kind of cut out, and but the well deserving pension of these individual guys, including myself. But, uh, you know, this did not happen. But Scott Totter and this organization, Dropping Down, has been very, I mean, uh, just a, a positive uh, impact on those uh, former players and helping. And me, of course, being one of the board members, I've uh, been proud of that. Yeah, and they have some cool uh, memorabilia that they, that they sell and the money goes towards DroppingDimes.org, including the beautiful ABA basketball. So <laughs> check out, yeah. it's LanaSports.com where you can get all support the DroppingDimes.org. Um, you know, you've been a huge supporter of TTM, which is through the mail, autograph collecting, uh, signing autographs through the mail. Do you get yeah. a lot of requests? I, I, I do get uh, quite a few, uh, but for the most part, you know, I, I normally go to a venue and, and sign autographs, but, uh, you know, sometimes um, I, I'm not sure, but I should know that with the new technology, uh, folks uh, independently know how to get access to your mail and address. And so, you know, sometimes I get uh, things through the mail uh, uh, to my personal address. Do you have any favorite uh, cards from your playing days? The cards that you enjoy signing, or or when you see them, like, oh, that's a that's a cool card. I remember that that picture being taken. Yeah, uh, one in particular, me uh, blocking Elvin Hayes's shot, uh, and that's against the ball, uh, the, the bullets at that time. And uh, and I remember Earl Strong was the uh, official in that game. And he said, Elvin Hayes, meet Artis Gilmore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I remember those words. And, 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 and it just happened to be caught in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the frame of a picture. And they put, you know, uh, um, uh, put it on uh, one of the cards, collective cards. Yep. Do you have any memorabilia from playing days? You mentioned the 20,000 point. Do you have any memorabilia from your playing days? Oh, yes, I have quite a bit. Yes, uh, uh, memorabilia have uh, the trophies uh, for uh, at least four of uh, the field goal percentage from mm -hmm. the NBA. And uh, I, I've got just a number of things there. What do you, do you have? What did they give you when you won the rookie of the year and the MVP of the ABA in 71 72? Well, they gave me a, I forget the name of the car, but they gave me a car and and of course, uh, what else did I get? I, I got a watch and, uh, yes, ABA watch. I mean, yes. Do you have, do you have the championship ring from 1975 when you won with Kentucky? I do. Yes, I do have that. Did you, do you have anything, did you collect autographs, uh, from, uh, you know, your opponents or your teams? Did you get team balls from the teams that you played on or any, uh, like well, that. I have uh, uh, b uh, balls with autographs from from the Hall of Fame, you know, guys. But uh, back in those days, we nobody really thought about collecting autographs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. How and, about uniforms? Did you keep uniforms from from your playing days? Uh, I had some, but I I let those go. Let them go. 
Well, you, you'll, be right appearing, you'll be appearing in Atlantic City at the National at the end of July. I just saw that. Uh, are there any other um, events that you're going to be appearing at uh, throughout the rest of the year? Well, uh, I'm going to be appearing with George Kirby Notice Birdsong, uh, I think, next week in Montana. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that name as of now, but there is a, a, a couple of uh, locations that I'm going to, I will be uh, making an appearance at. Uh, and I don't have those days, but of course, you just have, you just made that announcement of one that's coming up in July. Now, if someone wants to purchase your book, they purchase it on Amazon. Could they send it to you to get signed? Is that something you you you? you yeah, sure. I, I would uh, I would do that. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, the name of the book is "Here Comes the A Train." It is available on Amazon. Pick it up, get it, and send it off to Mr. Gilmore, and he will sign it. We, against again, we are talking with Artist Gilmore. Artist Gilmore of course, is an NBA Hall of Famer. He got elected in 2011. He played 18 seasons in professional basketball from 1971 to 1988 with Kentucky, Chicago, the Spurs, and finished up with my Boston Celtics. He's an 11-time All-Star. From in 1971-72, was, was the ABA Rookie of the Year and MVP. Only four players have done that. And he also won a championship with the 1975 Kentucky ABA team. Um, Artist, just uh, two more questions, and I'll let you go if that's okay. Okay. Um, you, you you had to wait a little to get into the Hall of Fame. Was that something that you think was just because the ABA got a little disrespected, or why do you think you had to wait so long to get in? Uh, I really wish I had a good answer for you uh, okay. uh, concerning that, but no, uh, and and probably there's a number of reasons why, but uh, unfortunately. You know, it, it was an extended period of time, but you know, I'm excited about being uh, a hall representing at the hall right at this point in time. But uh, as far as reasoning why the length of time, I, I do not have any. <laughs> well, it was all it was all corrected, right? It was all corrected. You are yes, you're a mem yeah. member of the Hall of Fame. You're considered, in, we're in the 75th anniversary. You're considered. Considered the top 75 players of all time, which is something that, that is unbelievable. Uh, this last question is for me. I love the White Shadow, and you were on the premiere yeah. episode of the White Shadow. Do you remember that? And, and how did that uh, come yeah. about? Yes. Well, you know, it was really kind of funny. Um, the gentleman that was uh, uh, starting in that, it was ironic in a really official game. He was sitting on the bench with us during the, the video, the, during the filming. And it was an, an, an actual game. It was kind of funny because some of the, the some of my teammates wanted to really move over and sit next to him because <laughs> if you were sitting next to him, that means you get part of, get start receiving some um, some funds for that. But, uh, and then the second half he came out, you know, and he had a, his foot in a cast and everything. and. And that meant that he was at the end of his uh, career, and then he went out and, and uh, he became the coach. And and a couple of times, you know, uh, I call in and talk to him uh, uh, on the uh, the show. And so that was that was kind of a that was a, uh, it was a fun time. And actually, uh, on another occasion, he and I went to a, a Cubs game. And now you think back in those days. It was TBS and WGN, 
was yep. the only uh, national channels. And you had, uh, we were playing, I mean, I think the Cubs were playing the Braves at that time. It had to be because of TBS, uh, that, uh, that, that particular network. And uh, I, I think uh, the owner at that time, he was, he had uh, uh, taken over the job as the manager. He was sitting in the, in the, in the uh, uh, I forget, what, what was his name? Uh, Ted Turner. Old, oh yeah, Ted Turner was, uh, he had taken over and he was managing, to, managing the team and or really had the uniform on and everything. But um, that, that particular show, The White Shadow, was 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 fun, and I was excited about being a part of it. Do you still get your residual checks every once in a while? You get a quarter here, <laughs> seventy-five cents here. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, two dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. funny. Well, we're speaking with Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore, of course, was a is a member of the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. He got elected in two thousand eleven. He played for four teams during his 18-year uh, professional career, including Kentucky, Chicago, San Antonio, and he finished with Boston Celtics. He's 11-time All-Star. He's a 1971-72 ABA MVP and Rookie of the Year, member of the 1975 Kentucky Champions, and he has written a book which is available on Amazon. It is called Here Comes the A-Train. You can purchase it on Amazon if you purchase it. Send it off to Mr. Gilmore. He will sign it for you and make sure you take care of all the postage and he'll, he'll get it back to you. He has a website, artistgilmore.com. You can learn all about him there. He is also on Twitter and on Instagram, I believe. And you can follow him on social media. He is going to be at the National at the end of July. I will, I will be there as well. And I will, uh, once again, I'll, I'll come and meet you again. We met in uh, Naples and you were very, very gracious and very kind. And I appreciate your time today. And, and it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Is there anything you'd like to add before I let you go? Uh, I just, uh, that it's good to have so many fans out there that remember. And uh, there, there's one thing you said, 18 years. I played 17 years in the, uh, a total in the combination ABA, NBA. And I spent one year in Italy, the 18th year, and that was uh, uh, kind of an educational experience. And I got to take my family over there and just enjoy the culture. And uh, that was my 18th year in professional basketball. And that was great memories and something that uh, I'll, I'll always treasure. Yeah, you must have put on 20 pounds of food just in uh, living in the Italy because the food <laughs> there is so good. Yeah, absolutely. That that uh, Italian food was just uh, tremendous. All right. Well, Mr. Gomer, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. And it was really a pleasure speaking with you again. My pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day. Likewise. Well, that wraps up another show. That was true. We got our 150th show in the books. A little technical difficulty. We recorded a little early. We're going to post this show today, which is uh, Friday the 6th. I want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Once again, I wish my wife a happy anniversary. I want to wish my daughter congratulations on graduating from Emory University. Drew, I want to wish you peace for by the blue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gradual. It's gradually coming. I, I, I accept the things you cannot change and all that. So. <laughs>
Well, we had a we had a good show. I want to thank Les Wolf for joining us. More with Les, which is uh, one of my new favorite segments. I enjoy talking to Les and tapping his brain. He will be with us every other week, so he will not be with us next week, but he will be with us on uh, May 22nd show, so stick around for that. I want to thank Mr. Artist Gilmore. Artist Gilmore was kind enough to join and, and talk about his career. We are giving away a book. Drew, do you remember the name of the book? I don't have it in front of me, and my screen is completely black. Here so comes I'm the A-Train. That's right. Here comes the A-Train. Here comes there the A-Train. If you want to win an Artist Gilmore book, a copy of his new book, it's called Here Comes the A-Train. It is available on Amazon, but we have a copy that we're giving away. What do you have to do, Drew? How do you, how do you enter? Send your name and your mailing address to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com or to our text line at numbers. 978-729-0662. We will, uh, I want to congratulate our friend from South Dakota who won the Sam McDowell book. Mike Kane, congratulations. I want to thank our friend uh, from Albuquerque, Mike G, for his great questions this week. I'm glad we could finally answer that. Uh, Drew, way you got anything else? That's about it. Going down to a ball game on Sunday. Hopefully be able to come back with some uh, autographs from the Frisco Rough Riders and the Arkansas, let's see here, Arkansas Travelers. There we go. So see what I can do there. All right. Well, next week we have Susie Lugaraj. Lugaraj. I'm going to get her name right one of these days. Susie Lugaraj, the Suze. She is head editor at Golden Auctions. She worked at Beckett. She worked at Top. She has the best, one of the best card blogs out there called Card Chat. We'll have the Suze on with us next week. She's on uh, at, she's on Twitter at Yank, Yankee Chick or Yank Chick, I think. She's Yanks Chick or something Yanks like that. Chick. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, tied in with the hobby. We're going to talk all to Suze about what's going on in the hobby. And I promise I won't butcher her. Her last name when when I talk to her because she she's been very helpful and and I always uh, pick her brain on subjects so we're looking forward to sitting down and talking with Suze uh, next week um, we had all sorts of cool interviews lined up some fun fun stuff going coming on in a couple of weeks we will have Ray Schulte from the National uh, to talk all everything national we got a cool collector that we're gonna talk to we have all sorts of uh, we got a pro, uh, former professional. NFL kicker we're going to talk to. So we've got all sorts of guys uh, coming down the pipe. Um, I think that's it, Drew. We had a long show. Guys, thanks for hanging in there with us. We appreciate all our new listeners, all our old listeners. we got some uh, national news that we'll talk about. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So stick around. Come back next week. We're wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you next week.